0: Gonna have a rooster
1: endo festival
0: you could actually just wear the same shirt every day with different things taped to it nobody would ever know
1: <laughs> people don't believe this but there's actually show prep that goes into making this happen so uh anyways now we're going to lose half of our viewers because they're like oh i'm not going to sit around and listen to this donkey uh, take that into consideration send your resume in with nudes of course no
0: little baby shite here.
1: He okay. says. Send send it, bro. I mean, send yeah. us the video so we can play them. I want to see the Killing Hills. Mean green, team green all day. <laughs> he's doing do, it easy. He, this is serious <laughs> business. Yeah. And he says personally he likes the seat. So everybody likes a paddle on the ass every once in a while. It's like. Uh, still, Logan is not here. Although my uh, my guest host, uh, Pete Day, looks a little bit like Logan. You're at least as tall as Logan is going to be, or Logan might be taller. Okay, I don't I don't know Logan. I don't think I know Logan. You you you. He was the kid at the school. Okay. When you were here, he was the kid that was here a little bit in the morning and then they had to go fix their truck. Their truck blew oh, yeah, up on yeah. the other side of town. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's Logan. Logan okay. uh, was uh, a little kid from around town. He's the first um, host, uh, co-host of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. And what's really interesting is that uh, I, I had him on as a co-host cause he didn't talk. He was, literally, he was literally one of those kids that just didn't talk. And I said, what a perfect co-host. <laughs> and, and I told him the job of the co-host, the guest, is to when when I reach for something to drink, that's when you start talking. Gotcha. Yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's good to know. Yeah, that's the yeah. Well, so, yeah, I can usually kind of set it up a little bit. I, you, if if you haven't watched old episodes of this show, if you want to watch something really funny, go back to like the in the 20s. I mean, the first one's ridiculous because I just showed up at a Mexican restaurant, set up a camera, yeah, and went live to the world. However, that works. Now we're 213 episodes in, and. Holy uh, it's almost exactly the same, just completely different. So, uh, Pete, welcome to the show. Pete is from uh, Moscomoto. Yep, Moscomoto. I'm glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for the invite. And uh, I'm I'm interested to talk to Pete. I want to learn a little bit about his history because we've been bumping into e- others each other at events for a long, long time, and so far back that like we had to remind each other like how long ago it was when we first started uh, bumping into each other, and then. You guys have been shooting some videos and doing some touring around and stuff around in the uh, in the uh, Pahrump vicinity, correct? Yep, correct. And we did took your class, too, okay? Which is yep. amazing. That's right. Uh, I took the uh, Jimmy Lewis off road training. I'm going to list off all of my sponsors here in a second. Everybody's ready for that because uh, that's the important part. This show would not be possible without a lot of our sponsors. But uh, so out here, got his got his trailer parked out here, and he's here on a Tuesday night. So if you're here on a Tuesday night, guess what? You're coming on the show. So, uh, welcome, Pete. Uh, again, episode number 213. This show would not be possible without the continued support of amazing brands like Yamaha, Tacomoto. That's tacomoto.co, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC. DDC was our first sponsor when I went to the Mexican restaurant. I happened to be talking to uh, Nate on the phone. I said, I'm going to do a podcast. You want to be a sponsor? He said, Sure. What does it take? I said, Send me a sprocket. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a sprocket. That's why I was talking him on the phone uh, First sponsor. So, DDC, chain wheels, uh, Delaney drive components. Of course, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. And uh, Double Take Mirrors, do you ever, do you ever use Double Take oh, Mirrors? Oh, yeah, always, all my bikes. Yep. I, I've known, uh, So so Ned came to my school like when we very first started, you know, 25 years ago. He was just getting into dirt bikes and came to our school and then eventually, you know, does all these weird different things, started the mirror company. He's always supported me and he supported this video we were going to do that we've never done. And so I just had to put him in as a sponsor of the show. He's <laughs> Ned's awesome. He's got he's he's, he's on he's on a long term contract with this show until we get that video done. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, welcome everybody on the Instagrams. You're on the show before the show show. So if you want to see how this show really works, you can go on Instagram and follow us. That's at Dirt Bike Test. <clears throat> Everybody's telling me to check my email because they sent in Rooster Endos. Well, I'll tell you what, we're bringing it back. We we didn't completely cancel it. I just, I put some rooster endos in the bank because we're going to have a big show at Takamoto. We're going to have a rooster endo festival where maybe you can bring your bike and we can judge it there. We'll go through the pictures. Like we usually do. If you don't know what a rooster endo is, and I'm going to explain it for Pete here. Uh, it's real simple. You send us a, a nice picture of your bike. And I like a nice picture because I want it to make me, you know, want to go riding. I want a nice picture of your bike. And then you tell us you're making model, which is kind of important because I can't just guess everything. And then you tell us what you did to it. And then we tell you whether that bike roosts or endos <laughs> that like it. See all the ones up on that, that board up there. Yeah. Well that, that so if they're on that end, they roost and uh, that up on the top corner, that's a Husaberg 570. That's my, yeah. uh, Hus- that, that one roosts so far we had to extend the board out, <laughs> but then it goes all the way back to on this end. You see, there's some three wheelers and there's like street bikes that are being ridden in the dirt. And, uh, other bikes for various reasons there's a lot of really trick ktms down on that end that they were just bad photos and they didn't make me feel like they looked like they were in somebody's garage so uh, so that's endo that's so an endo roost
0: means you love the photo endo means no it, dice. It, well, or you love could, the bike it
1: could it it's it's you are as, as valuable in this usually we'd have a producer in here and there'd be three people and we kind of argue a little bit but right now it's just it's just me and you and then we at the end we just we tell them whether they roost or endo and then the one that gives us the most pleasure gets a hundred bucks from Takamoto. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, sure. so it's a pretty cool, pretty cool deal. Um, uh, excited to have Takamoto sponsor that, but we're bringing it back. But if you just sent it to me in the last 10 minutes, uh, you were late and I, and I, I didn't get it and it can't be on the show cause I, there's people don't believe this, but there's actually show prep that goes into making this happen. So, uh, anyways, now we're going to lose half of our viewers because they're like, oh, I'm not gonna sit around and listen to this donkey, because I I am not gonna be in (laughs) a So anyhow, uh, welcome everybody. I see, um, do I wanna increase my engagement from my Facebook group? Well, I don't know, I'm gonna push on a button. No, I don't wanna do that. Uh, That's gonna do some other stuff. But if I put this in the chat, which I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna put something in the chat and if you go to that link that just popped up in the chat, You will be more engaged to my show according to our restreaming service. So uh, good on them. Let's see. Yo mama mama ha says Gronk VBS, which I used to – he has to remind me what that means every time. He's a Canadian. Canadians are generally pretty happy people, but this guy seems he can get angry every once in a while. (laughs) So Pete, uh, tell me how – because I'm getting thirsty. Uh, (laughs) Tell me how Moscow Moto got started and what caused it, where you came from.
0: Okay, well, uh, the the business started, uh, I was on a a trip down to Central America. Actually, I was kind of on a trip of indeterminate length, Um, had left my last gig in manufacturing and um, I took off for a couple of months and I was gonna ride down to South America and I was using soft luggage. I took soft luggage on that trip I'd already made the kind of transition from the old school, like aluminum boxes, over to soft luggage because I wanted to do a lot of the trip off-road, and I had soft luggage. And you know, I was using these bags, and I do a lot of other sports too. And I was kind of um, wondering why it seemed like the soft luggage was out there for um, uh, for motorsports was just kind of lagging behind what was available for pedal sports and for snow sports. You know, for backcountry skiing, for mountain biking. And I was curious why. And so I started pulling that thread and doing some networking. And um, there's a company called Dekine. Are you familiar with Dekine? Right, yep, snowboarding. Yep. Um, yep, and they do a lot of windsurf um, stuff too. And um, they were based in Hood River. And so I kind of networked my way into the design department there and started a dialogue with the head designer, um, bag designer at Dekine about um, you know what opportunities there might be to bring some of design I uh, like kind of outdoor product design experience and materials into the motorsport space and why um, for 500 bucks in motorsports, you left with something that looked like sort of a canoe bag from the 1980s, but 500 bucks in backpacking got you this sick backpack with all kinds of features and hydration and technical fabrics and hardware. And um, that started, that was really where the original idea for the business came from was that dialogue as I was traveling, communicating with him back at DeKine. Um, I ended up getting in a horrendous wreck on that trip in the Mosquito Coast, which is where our name comes from, Moscow, Okay, Um, and had to kind of return early. And that was when we um, started making our first prototypes for the business. And we designed a set of panniers that connected, you know, the original concept was like, Instead of uh, kind of just soft luggage like a saddlebag that hangs off the side of the bike, let's make something like a frame pack that clicks on the side of a bike. So you get some of the advantages of hard luggage, comes on and off the bike super easy and doesn't flop flop around while you're riding. Right. But then you get the benefits of soft luggage that you can crash on it again and again without damaging it, and um, you're a lot less likely to break your leg. And uh, that was the kind of seed with which we started the business. Um,
1: Right. And it's interesting because in growing up and doing a lot of the stuff that – that I did. Um, I was dual sport for, dual sporting before it was called dual sporting. And evidently, evidently, I was riding adventure bikes before they were called adventure bikes. It was yeah. just ding dongs riding GSs out in the dirt. Yeah, you know that's kind of where where it sort of started with with me. But I had an old XT six hundred that I go do multi day camping trips off of, and I don't even know where it, I took some stuff that I got at Cycle World magazine. Just some. It was like it was two. Backpacks with straps connecting them that you laid over the top of your seat, and if my muffler didn't melt it, then my chain grabbed it, and if if it didn't do that, it flopped in and grabbed the tire, and there was nothing good. But then there was the hard luggage like the Touratech stuff that I was familiar with. Well, BMW always you could always order the cases, and when and that's what they were. They were literally cases. Yeah. <laughs> and when the bikes would come to the magazine, they were always decked out with the the A level stuff on them um, from BMW. You know their stuff. Uh, it'd last about a half an hour of Jimmy riding, you know, with my stuff in it. And But I started learning how I could, like, strap them so they wouldn't flex down and break. Because they were kind of plasticky. They weren't yeah, really, sure. They weren't really aluminum ones. And then I was lucky enough to get um, onto some TourTech hard ones. But then, like you said, I'm a dirt bike guy. I will do stupid stuff with my feet. You know, I'll dab and my foot goes back. And you don't want sure. your foot to hit hard luggage. So yeah. I ride differently when I have hard luggage versus soft luggage and I've always kind of been a a soft luggage guy and the kind of my go-to has always been to have the 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 Tourtech rack system with that holds the hard bags but then to strap over um, different kinds of bags. And I've used everything from the giant loops to the, to the Wolfman to there's a couple others. One of the only ones that I haven't used other than when we used it, when we came back is the, is the Moscow stuff. Well, let's change that. Yeah, we can, I, for soft stuff, I can do that. I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of on the tour tech train for the hard stuff, which I, which sure. I like. I really, yeah. I mean, there's times when I'm putting stuff in there that it needs to be in a hard case, especially camera equipment and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just in case. Cause it's some of that stuff's expensive. And I'd rather just dent the case and have the stuff inside stay kind of <laughs> protected. But uh, I, if I can ride without hard luggage, I'll ride without hard luggage.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, you know, when, when I first started uh, this business 10 years ago, probably the number one question I get in the booth is, you know, what, how does this compare to hard luggage? Or why would I choose this versus hard luggage? We almost never get that question anymore. That never comes up, right? Nobody ever asks that anymore. Now it's just uh, what brand of soft luggage should I get? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're comparing us to some of our competitors, and that's the conversation we're having. But in the beginning, everybody had hard boxes. Right. I mean, there was soft luggage around, but like it was horrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the old old days, it got it's yeah. got better. It's everybody, improved. Everybody's yeah. evolving and doing different yeah. things, but and this is this is something I was going to ask you about. So, so I, I when you first started, did you guys did some kind of a. Uh, 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 Crowdsourcing or something like that, or yeah, or because I remember some people. I it was at a show and they were talking to you or something. They come over and and I wasn't sure what you guys. Oh, what are you doing over there? And they go, well, they're they're designing or developing like bags. Yeah. Or, and then they're like, yeah, they were asking us and we can go online and we can do something. And
0: yeah. yeah. It, so we, you know, advrider.com, right? right. You familiar oh, with yeah, that website? Super yeah. familiar, yeah. yeah. So we, uh, I had been on ADV Rider just as a, as a you know contributor and a participant f- um, for a long time just posting about international trips I'd done or was on or whatever. And when we started the business, I had the idea of you know how a ride report works on ADV Rider. Right. I thought let's do an let's do a ride report, but instead of being about a motorcycle trip, let's do it about the process of starting a small company developing motorcycle okay. bags. And so we started this thread of like, well, here's what we did today. Here's what we did this week. Or here's a problem we're having. Like, we can't decide this is what it evolved to. was sort of a design thing of like, hey, should we put a pocket here? What features do you want? What sort of buckle should we use? Or, hey, we did this test. This failed. Anybody have any ideas? Uh And we were posting about this in real time. And people, you know, in the beginning, there was... I don't know you know 20 people following it, 100 people following right. it.
1: And then, you know, now it's had millions of views. I mean, I've totally right. lost track. So and, so like ADV Rider. Well, ADV yeah. Rider really popped on our horizon because that's when I started doing my riding schools. Yeah. And some of the guys that the very first guys that well, it wasn't even a school. They just they were they were all just cashed out of Yahoo, were living on yachts and <laughs> um flying helicopters and stuff. They wanted to learn how to ride BMWs <laughs> off-road. Yeah. So they found me. And uh, we did a school, and it's literally what kind of what started um, started the school, but they were telling me about this thing. Oh, it's ADV rider. You don't know what it is? ADV rider. And so I was one of the, I was one of the early adopters onto onto that. But what a, it was in the beginning. It was a bunch of really enthusiastic people that wanted to contribute to the. It wasn't it wasn't a bunch of trolls. You know, yeah. like like a lot of forums kind of go that direction, and then they hopefully they settle down. But it was and man, if you went on there and asked a good question. Or you figured something out that's going to help a bike, you know? Well, hopefully, kind of like this show, <laughs> you know, it, it it grows and it and it was it was super organic in that it it uh you know it helped build the school because people were asking questions and I could answer them probably in ways that they weren't familiar with, right? Because uh, it wasn't just get over the back and gas it, and uh, so, but yeah, I I remember how that community was super um, influential and like really just elevating where adv riding was at the time
0: yeah it was incredible and we we're still very very active on there and, and people you know if you want to go back and see the whole founding and development of our company you can go back the first post in our thread which is in the um vendors forum is uh is you know Andrew and I sitting around his kitchen table trying to figure out what to do and how to make a bag. And you can track it all the way through the initial prototypes, all of our testing, my trip back to the Mosquito Coast to retrieve my bike from Panama and <laughs> ride it down to Panama and testing the bags and everything up to getting our first bank loan and all the way up to
1: today. So, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so that's just, if you went on ADV Rider and searched Moscow Moto. Yeah,
0: it's called, uh, our thread is called Moscow Moto Soft Bags, I think, for adventure and dual sport. But yeah, you put in Moscow Moto ADV Rider into Google, and it'll probably pop up at the top yeah. of the results.
1: And. And that, and that's the that's what you named the 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 thread right at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's stayed that way ever since. Yeah, yeah
0: I don't think we've changed it. We might have changed the title just a little bit when we added apparel.
1: I can't I can't remember exactly. But it's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty much the same original title. Huh? Crazy. Yeah. And uh, and then and then that has gone well. Bags have gone well. Bags have gone well. And yeah. and then now you guys are into doing gear as well. Yeah. Doing riding barrel. Uh, yep. This show brought to you by climb, by the way. Yeah.
0: Hey, we're buddies <laughs> with climb. I talked to, I talked to my buddy at climb, Mark and Cart today. Yeah. I I this has jo- got a
1: lot of, I got a lot of friends on your sponsor. Yeah. list. Yeah. I joke because it, you know, we, I have, I have partners and sponsors and stuff for this show, but they know, you know, when, when they know when I do this kind of stuff, I want to have the freedom to have, you know, whoever I'd like to have on the show, because you have an interesting story. I want to learn something. I hope my guests want to learn something regardless of what brand you're from. and if. If I were, if we sit there and let's just, let's just, we'll just debate like pants. Well, I can tell you everything about the climb pants and then you can tell me everything about Bosco pants and then they can decide what they want. For sure. That, that's the way, yeah. that's the way I like to see it. Cause good or bad, that's for you to decide. It's not for like an, in my world, an editorial person to tell you good or bad, they should describe it. And then, you know, maybe, uh, you know, with stud sticking out of it and, and super tight pants with, uh, with, uh, no venting. Maybe that's for somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we you know, you go to Climb's site, you'll see Moscow bags and some of their imagery. You go to our site, you'll see climb helmets and gloves and all kinds of climb stuff in our yep. imagery. We're we're friendly
1: competitors and um we get along well. Yeah, cool. So everybody on the uh on the Instagrams, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys down the road right now. Uh Jimmy Lewis and Jeff from Moscow Moto. Jeff, huh? <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's it's not Jeff, it's Pete. So with that, we're going to see you out on the trail. Instagram, uh, come o- switch over to our other channels. See ya. Okay. So that one turning that in now, and then, uh, share, I'll figure out how to do this later. So what we're going to do is we're going to get to our questions that are on the uh, chat. So if you're wondering how to communicate with us, it's real easy. Uh, you can comment on the video you're watching. You can send us an email. It's really easy. It's my name at dirtbiketest.com. And if you're watching live, you can type into the chat and we answer the questions the best we can. Um, uh, people are pretty happy that there's sound coming out. Have you sent out the T-shirt emails for payment yet? I haven't seen mine. Well, if you didn't see it, it went out today. And somehow or another, you didn't get a T-shirt because it's it's too late. But Mark, if you send me an email, uh, again, it's my name at dirtbiketest.com. Uh, I will try to get you in because I haven't actually ordered the shirts, but the payments do like literally tonight. And Mark Daniel, see there, I told you there's going to be a TTTT plus T. <laughs> uh, tonight's T, by the way, Ragosa. Um, some of my special stuff I bring back when I uh, go deep into Mexico. Um, oh, uh, D, the Countershocks guy. I have questions about how to mount that thing to my Tenere. Uh, I got the piece yesterday, and I'm confused. Uh, it doesn't. It's going to interfere with the fort guard, and I don't know if there's some modification. So um, that's his name is Looney Nate Looney. I know I never remember names, but with a name like that, that's it, a cool name. You got to got to remember it. Okay. Leanne Rivieri says, Hey, Jimmy, I've been building roadbooks for a few years now, mostly for personal use in Canada and also in Arizona where I live in the winter. I always track out the route with my iPhone on GIA and then up... Is there a limit on words? (laughs) Okay. After I load my route into Rally Navigator, sometimes the track points don't line up with the track on Google Earth. What should I believe the Google Earth track or my track points also bring back the seat C, the seat C oh, uh, concepts hotline. So I don't have to type. Thanks. Uh, Leanne, uh, I could, uh, you know what? Uh, I could have you call into the show. That's, that's easy to do. Um, but, uh, I'll answer your question right now. So what she's talking about is, um, rally navigator is a really cool software that we use to make, um, navigation roadbooks. So Dakar style, uh, navigation roadbooks. And so she's getting her track someplace else and then importing it into the program. Now, I'm not a software engineer, but I am pretty good at working on Rally Navigator. And it really depends on what you're importing it with. And what you're talking about is an, an accuracy or a discrepancy between the what your GPS unit is seeing and what Rally Navigator is is seeing. And sometimes I've seen the... I've seen the accuracy on the, the phones especially be really bad. I've seen it be really good and I've seen it be really bad just based on where it's at or how it's uh, you know what file it's recording in because the when it gets really bad is on some programs, the the waypoints, according to Google Earth, go underground. So it the altitude information is weird and it goes underground and Google Earth says, well, you can't be underground, so we're gonna el- eliminate that one. So, so that, so, and then so it just drops points out, or the maps, and and Rally Navigator uses uh, Mapbox maps, which are different than Google Earth maps, and believe me, there are all these little discrepancies, so it might not be exactly exactly where it is. But for the most part, they're going to be accurate enough to produce a proper roadbook. And if you need to, you can drag them around a little bit. You can manipulate the points in Rally Navigator. Um, that's The software allows you to do tons of stuff with the the data that you import it to. Um, and then there's also a feature where you can just overlay it. And then you can, with your mouse, just click the route. So you can kind of follow where you want to follow it and then don't follow it where you don't. So hopefully, uh, Leanne, that, that uh, answers your answers your question um yeah I, w- I wish we could bring back the seat concepts had a, had a rough week this week on uh, on sponsors lost some uh in the last month and uh lost a couple long time uh sponsor partners you know people i've worked with for a long time <laughs> budget cuts <laughs> or, or or change of marketing person and change of of direction and they're like what's this ding dong do <laughs> you know <I'm> sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, and Seat Concepts was so busy. They kind of they they were they were pretty cool about it. They actually said, uh, "We don't really need to be doing any advertising right now." <laughs> when they're four they're so m- busy. When they're mean? four months backlogged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, you, so, you can always find more sponsors. Yeah, they're, they're, well, I hope so. <laughs> I I said this many times before, uh, Pete. It's like my um, uh, my b- 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 I don't have b- b- um, you know b- b- boobs. Yeah, I don't have boobs. So that's my number one thing that's wrong with me on the internets. Uh, the next thing I'm not really that famous. And we don't give enough shit away. But so we're gonna start giving stuff away because I can fix that. And that's gonna get us viewers and followers. You know how that works? Yeah, is that how it works? <laughs> All right, I'm taking lessons. <laughs> so um, okay, uh speak easy too. Says my Moscow motor arrived today. Can't wait to install it on my 1090. Hell yeah! Awesome. Hey, what's up, Speakeasy? Yeah. Thanks for the um, thanks for the support, man. T- Troy Hicks says, "Where is Moscow gear made?" Uh, we
0: make uh, pretty much everything in Asia. We got a bunch of factories over there. So uh, most of our sewing is done in Vietnam. And then we do some radio frequency welding in China. And we do some, some sewing in Bangladesh, but not that much. But pretty much everything. So our company is based in White Salmon, Washington, up in the Columbia River Gorge. So we design and prototype there. And then the production sewing is done overseas because you got to do it overseas. Yeah, I don't know really.
1: I mean, as, is any gear made you know, in the
0: U.S.? Uh, AeroStitch sews apparel in the U.S. Okay, wow, yeah. AeroStitch sews in the U.S. And um, there's a few other companies too, and and, uh, those companies have the advantage, they can produce in pretty small quantities um, with short lead times, and they can also do a lot of custom fitting, which is cool. Okay. Um, But but the garments are usually pretty basic and simple. You know, all the high-tech materials, all the high-tech hardware, everything is manufactured overseas. So it's just a lot more efficient to work with factories there than it is to work with factories here. it's pretty tough to do
1: uh, high quality production sewing in the U.S. Yeah, I mean it's just like I, I, mean, I remember Aerostitch because I used to have one of the one piece ones to that I could ride because I was riding to work all the time when I was at Cycle World on on the road and stuff. And it was just so easy to just wear your street clothes and just step into that one piece. The one which, piece still yeah. by far and away the best one piece I've ever worn. Yeah, they're still making them, um, and uh, they're they're built tough, heavy, they're duty. And I and yeah. I'd seen guys that have. Slid down the road. Actually, the first one I got was one of the test riders at the magazine. Um, uh, It was for photo gear. You know, it it was on a sport touring thing. He slid down the road, so it had some scratches on it and stuff. And they're like, here, here, shop boy kid. Here, you can wear this one. You know, and it was like, oh, there were back then they were. Thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks, I think, and that's yeah. along, what do they run for? now? I, I'm not
0: sure actually what yeah. they sell for now, but they 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 like us are a direct seller. They don't have dealers, don't have distributors, and right. so they were, and they were doing that before the internet.
1: Yeah, and yeah, they were doing oh, it with catalogs. Hold on a second, Andy, where's Mister Happy? He's around here somewhere. Oh, there he is. I'll get him later. It's an Airstitch product. Oh, yeah. you know about this? No, I have I have
0: no there? idea. Oh
1: uh i'll have to I'll have to get it in a few minutes i'll let yeah. you start telling a story and i can run over and grab mr Happy. he's a he's a little hand puppet sometimes he's my alter ego on the show and, and I he's, I a, he's an arrow stitch it's an arrow stitch product it's yeah a, it was kind of like a joke he started popping up in the in the catalog you know yeah. there's always some weird stuff in their catalogs yeah their catalogs are actually pretty cool too yeah sorry to talk about arrow stitch no, I, I, hey, no man
0: arrow <laughs> stitch is great they were like a early role they don't know this but they were kind of an early role model for us because yeah. of the direct selling
1: thing yeah and uh but uh they 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 had this little Mr. happy thing, and he he would show up in like ads and he was he got popular on uh, on adV rider you know he kind of popped up and somehow I ordered one or he, he sent it out with a gear with a gear order when I was doing a lot of photo modeling for different stuff and so i have him. he's he's on the floor right down there i I've had to bring them on the show before to kind of solve some situations, especially yeah. with co- co-hosts Ooh. that I don't like. That's arrow stitch quality still going. <laughs> so That's great. I wonder if I still have
0: that one-piece suit in California. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we we see people at events and rallies still with those
1: one-piece suits they bought decades ago. They're sun-faded and they still oh, work. Yeah. You know. do not wear one or bring one to my class. Just do – because we judge, okay? I hate to say it, but we judge. Because, A, you can't stand up straight. It's meant to be in a a kind of a sport touring riding position, and it's really comfortable for that they don't really work when you go to stand up because you're like, it's kind of like, I think the butt gets really saggy and the crotch gets tight and the back doesn't straight. I don't know what it does, but. So not a good choice for nightclubs or going out in the city either, partying, Uh,
0: fashion shoots. Maybe certain raves. First dates. Yeah, certain
1: raves that you could go to with it, but not not off-road friendly, (laughs) that stuff like that. So um, John Beck, you know John Beck? Yeah. Oh yeah, what's up, John? Stoked to see Pete on the show. yeah. Yeah, Well, stoked to see you commenting. And uh, Frank White uh, of ATK Motorcycles, he he bought ATK from um, Horst and stuff like that. He sa- says, I need to periodically introduce my guests. And Frank, you're exactly right, as usual. Uh, Pete Day from Moscow Moto. Uh, so thanks, Frank. Uh, if What's you up, Frank? Been, if you would have been here at the beginning of the show, he, he likes me because I picked one of his motorcycles as my worst motorcycle ever made. Oh, brutal! Oh, but Frank, I got you know. I, I had Willie Musgrave on the show last week, and I don't know if you got to see this, but check this out. Look at look at this uh, nice big picture. I'm going to show it to the to the fans there. It's a uh, look at look at that bike, Frank. Uh, look at that bike, Jimmy. Used to I rode ATKs a little bit here and there, so you know, there you go. You can take a look at that, Pete. Um, thank Beautiful. you, uh, Frank. Uh, Pete Day from Moscow Moto here. Uh, Beam Echo says. Techvest sources from USA and Canada and makes everything in Canada. Was just looking those guys up. Okay. So and Dan W Five ZT says look for a weird hat company as a sponsor. Jimmy, okay, a weird hat company. <laughs> I, I would like outside of the industry sponsors. That's I'd like to go non uh, non non-industry. I want to talk to you about that, too, about 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 your uh, marketing stuff. I'm going to make a get a pen here and try to write some of this stuff down. Sure. Anyways, uh, again, thanks to Double Take Mirrors, Bulletproof Designs, Trail Tech and Fast Company. Uh, Do you ever run Fast Company flex handlebars? Oh,
0: I have those. You yeah, have those. in fact, the guys at Taco Moto put them on.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. it's it, they're they're really really good. Um, yeah, our friends friends of mine, friends of the show. Uh, I was talking to Cole the other day because his kid is uh, s- s- uh, on the on the fast path to become a professional motocross racer. So we talk about mini bat mini bike dad life all the time. <laughs> That's who I was talking to when, when you were pulled up the other day. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, fast company flex handle, but and if you think they're good on a motorcycle, you got to try them on a mountain bike. You know, you know how mountain bikes are just just jar your wrists. I yeah. have really bad wrists. Like the mountain bike handlebars are insane. Wow! Because then you can run your forks stiffer. Yeah, and and then they don't beat your hands up, and then you get better traction and less. How about less
0: that? Float, yeah,
1: floating around and stuff like yeah. that. So cool. Um, so so the the next question is you you've, you're, you're into gear now, uh, and your gear is, you're, you're you 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 kind of like stop at where you like say. Non race, it's, it's yeah. if you're not racing, it's everything on the other side of that.
0: Yeah, we sort of create a bookend. So down on the dirt bike side, we kind of say if you take the world of dirt bikes and you kind of put a line between racing and trail riding, uh, and so sort of say on one side of that line you got just kind of trail riding, backcountry riding, exploring, but not competing, and then on the other side you've got kind of enduro racing, and then all the way out to motocross track. So draw a line there, and then go to the far other end of the spectrum and adventure bikes and the big kind of 1,200, 1,300cc adventure bikes and draw a line through that segment. And on one side, you've got the long distance pavement guys. And right. on the other side, you've got the folks that are drawn more to um, like testing their abilities in dirt. And those represent the two bookends of our business. So okay. everything in between those two lines is kind of our space. So we do the middleweights, the 890s, the 690s, the 500s, the people that are touring and doing long distance trips on 500s, people that are out trail riding on 300s. But you get into racing and competition and motocross tracks, that's somebody else's world.
1: Right. And, and the thing I notice about your gear is that it, it looks very casual. It, like you don't you don't feel like you're wearing a clown outfit into McDonald's in the morning. Yeah, You, know, you, you can, you, if you were wearing your gear to go riding or if you were riding and wearing your gear, um, you would walk into McDonald's and people wouldn't look at you like a space alien.
0: Yeah, that's right. And of course on the, if you look at our stuff that's designed more for touring, you know, we're thinking not just about, you know, performance wise, we're thinking about how does it work on the bike? Does it keep the water out? all those things. But then also we're thinking you're traveling and living in this gear sometimes for months. And so, you know, it's gotta feel appropriate for that in terms of its presentability. And then on the dirt bike and trail riding side of things, you know, a lot of the bright colors are really designed for the track. And when you get out in the woods, they feel a little bit silly. And that we're not opposed to, to bright colors at all, but we tend to take bright colors that are a little bit more nature inspired and a little bit more outdoor product inspired and a little less sort of monster energy drink, if you know what I mean. Okay.
1: Yep, I know, exactly, I know exactly what you mean. It's because some, you know, I, I wear it all, you know, I, I, you know, and and the same thing is when I when I wear my climb gear at the track, I get heckled. I mean, literally. I mean, it it's it's generally friendly, but you know, some of it's got some points to it. Uh, but I like it when people heckle me in my climb gear, and then I ride past them, especially yeah. when there are other magazine editors that say something. I'll go actually put like a fanny pack on and go ride around the motocross track. Pass them and just say, "Yeah, yeah fanny pack is really cool on the track." <laughs> so, anyways, um, on to uh, so so my question, my question about the the on the marketing side of thing is 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 so you guys are you guys are dealer direct. Or customer direct. Customer direct. Customer we don't direct. sell to dealers. Well, oh, not even yeah. dealers. No okay. dealers. Yep. No dealers. No dealers. No distributors. And and how are you guys doing? Like your marketing, where is that done? I know you do a lot of events.
0: Yeah, we do a lot of events. And you know, for us, we have sort of one foot in the online world and one foot in the in-person world. So, and that's always been that way. In the beginning, it was like in-person events, and then ADV Rider. And now it's ADV Rider, Instagram, um, YouTube, and then we still do a ton of events. You know, we do almost 50 events every year. So I think we're, we're around 47 events in the US, Europe, Canada, and uh, on and off years in Australia as well. Wow. We have a warehouse in, in Amsterdam, a warehouse in Portland, Oregon in the US. And um, we ship to 119 different countries, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and um, so that's, and pr- pretty much we reach people online or in person or through word of mouth. So, you know, we, I think that the in-person events um, we have a lot fewer contacts, but they're much sort of more in-depth, like really intense contacts. Like you're talking to someone face to face, explaining a bag to them one-on-one, and then online, you know, you have videos that gets tens tens of thousands of views. But who are these people? You never really know. You that's, know? So. Yeah, that's
1: what it's kind of funny because when with with the riding schools, I'm always wondering like how how can I. How can I reach more people without giving away what what, what we do? Because my sure. selling point is the way that yeah. we teach, and we teach quite a bit different than than it's it's often copied. I like to yeah. say it's 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 often copied, never duplicated. And and so it's like if you go to that kind of online method, you know, are people willing to pay for stuff online? I mean they're willing to pay and buy a physical thing, but like to buy a video series, and I've seen a couple of guys that have that have done them, and I have no idea how successful they are, but that's almost where we're starting to look at doing this stuff because travel's becoming a little bit more expensive, you know, air travel and things like that, sure. hotels. And it's a it's this is a luxury, you know, to be able to 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 go and do this. And I mean, there's definitely a lot of people that are out doing it, but the amount of people that actually want to train or get better at it, it's amazing to me how how like small it is. They'd rather buy apart for their bike that they think is going to make them better as opposed to working work on, work on their skills. You're different, yeah, of course. Cause yeah. you, and, and I don't know. And, and it, I mean, what, like my question in there is like, what prompted you to come? I mean, you've seen me at events, so you've obviously heard my kind of spiel and stuff before.
0: Well, actually, yeah, that's a great, great um, example. You know, I, I found out about you at events, you know, I came into the industry. I'd never heard of you before I got in the industry and I came in and I started seeing you do your demos at events. I thought they were really impressive, and then word of mouth kicked in. So I talked to a few people that had done your class, okay. and they were like, "I did it. It was amazing. I learned so much. It was incredible." And that always stuck with me. And uh, and then when I then I ended up on your website, uh, or yeah, I was on the yeah, it was on your website. You have okay. a yeah, this where I was reading about the description of. Skill levels. Of skill, and, yeah, skill <laughs> levels. And I loved the concept of just one class. And I was like, oh, this is great. Huh. Like, it's one class and it doesn't matter. You know, if I, I came here with a friend who was new to dirt. Right. And I've been riding dirt for, I ride dirt, you know, every week. Right. All the time, like constantly for years. And, uh, and the thought that we would be in the same class learning the same thing, I thought was really intriguing. And there were a few other little clues. Yeah,
1: how are we going to pull that off? <laughs>
0: but here's, here's yeah, how are, yeah, and it, it really works, by yeah. the way. I, now having taken the class, uh, I'm like so on the same page with you in the way you teach and, and, and the kind of concept of a few Thanks. basic principles that you can take with you. And it doesn't matter if you're advanced or a beginner for me, it was incredibly helpful. But that purchase process that led to me being in your class, I mean, if you look at that, I got an event, word of mouth, and electronic. So I had right. multiple touch points before I ended up here. And I think that sale process is the same sale process that works for us and that works in this kind of world of marketing. It's multiple
1: touch points, and it's a mix of in-person events and electronic. Yeah, it, it, it takes it takes a little while for someone to actually kind of get in get you know, to get convinced uh, we'll, we'll say, I mean, we've, we have like an online beginner school that I just haven't promoted enough. And, and it's like, because it's for, it's for somebody that like, if they, because I don't talk to those people, I, I I probably never will talk to the complete, you know, rank beginner or someone that like, I want to ride one of those. And now it's even, it's even, uh, electric bikes, you know, the electric, these electric kind of like the Surons and stuff are bringing a lot of people in and they, and they're going to, they're going to, Hey, I want to ride a real dirt bike. And then they're going to want to, you know, come and see me. So I kind of start with like, okay, here's a motorcycle and here's the controls and here's how it works. You know, we start with like, before you even ride it, you got to learn how to stop it, you know, because I don't want you on top of something you can't stop. And that's the number one thing you see videos all day long of people riding along and then, their wrist turns and they forget like, where are the brakes now? (laughs) And you know, there's so much misinformation out there
0: about how to ride a motorcycle. There's so much pseudoscience. I mean, it's like diet or working out or something like that. It's just all this garbage information and finding the real quality information that you can remember at the moment you need it is extremely difficult. And one of the cool things about your class is that you come back to like a few core concepts. And I left right from here after the class and went out on a trip. And it's amazing how often I returned, even just riding easy stuff, you know, just standing up on the pegs cruising. And I was like, man, let me try this slower, you know, balance. And am I initiating a turn or am I controlling a turn? You know, I like I came back to and because they were it was delivered in a way that at the moment I needed those thoughts, I could recall them. It wasn't this like big jumble of information, you know, where you get out and you just have forgotten it all. Right. It was very, very cool. Yeah.
1: It's, and the, the, and the reason we've evolved to teach you, we didn't start out like that. We started like everybody else. We were setting up cones. Hey, ride around the cones, get your elbows up, you know, sit forward, all the, all the things you hear all the time. But then we realized it's like, that's not the problem. You know, the problem is always balance. It's always, it's always the riders out of balance and they never start in balance. They don't figure it out. I did an extreme enduro class this weekend for guys that are going to race this king of the motos. So this is the, the most ridiculous, stupid kind of riding you'd ever think of, which I really enjoy doing. Some people say it looks like you push your bike a lot. And it's like, yeah, if I was a better rider, I wouldn't. But at least I know what I can do. <laughs> you know. Uh, but we did an extreme enduro class on a flat dirt road. Huh. A flat, a little bit sandy, but just a big flat dirt road. We did three hours of, quote, techniques you need to make an extreme enduro easier for you. What do you think they were? balance Balance. and traction traction yeah 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 Yeah. how funny all the all the same stuff is like the first you know basically the same first three hours of the class because if i don't teach you that if i just went straight out to the dry lake bed said, okay here's how to initiate a turn here's how to use your brakes and stuff like that if i left that whole first like three hours out you're going to be doing everything else wrong the rest of the day yeah and then and then you're going to wonder why you're crashing and you're wondering why things don't work and you wonder why somebody can go around a turn faster than you and somebody can go through the bumps faster than you. And it's really simple.
0: You (laughs) remember that scene in karate kid with the like wax on wax off and like paint the fence, you know, it's like that. (laughs) A
1: little bit. It's a little bit like that. (laughs) It's not, it's not as a laborious, uh, you know, (laughs) it, it, you can try to make it fun. So, um, okay. Uh, let's see. we got some more questions kind of coming there. Um, Frank white said, nice. (laughs) Um, we have a we have a we have a, a top a top a top a top commenter, um uh Victor. Saludos Pete You smuggled some Snuchos Baca Sponches
0: Sponches back into the USA Somebody who Somebody who follows me on Instagram What's okay. up Victor That's cool man Yeah so I did a I did a little review You know in Mexico When you go to the gas stations Like in Baja there's Victor,
1: Victor's a Victor's a world class beaner And I can say that Because I'm a co-beaner with Right them, on right? But uh, he's, he's a good good, uh, good fan of the show So
0: there's two You know they have these Incredible snack arrays When you go to the gas oh, They yeah. have All these bright crazy snacks And there's two yeah. That look really similar They're like little cookies And they have more marshmallow poofs on them and one of them has a little dab of jam and the other doesn't but they're like same color and everything and so i did a, a review. online review comparing the two between arco which is one of them and sponge is the other uh, so you can see it on my instagram uh, at uh, moscow pete actually arco was the the winner not the sponge but oh yeah. they're both delicious you can't go wrong both good snacks
1: yeah i actually i actually where the heck was i the other day oh i was in 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 baker i had, I had to stop in baker because the, they do the, all the, the traffic break going on the highway now and i i was i know how to time it a little bit so i said Well, I saw when the cars were coming. I'm like, I'm going to have to wait there for 40 minutes. So I stopped in Baker and went into the little store and a little Mexican full on little Mexican store and they had the Mexican cookies and I got a little roll of those things. I don't know what they're called. They're called the the Tikis, the Tikis, Tikis or something like that. They're so good. good. I mean,
0: this sort of snacks and the colors and it's just like so hard to decide when I go into those stores down there.
1: Yeah, they're probably the reason they're so good is they're probably just full of really bad stuff for you. Yeah, that's uh, I feel like I always gain weight. (laughs) Um easier to do this in a ballistic arrow aerosti- ballistic a uh, bass, bas basilisk? A basilisk. Basilisk yeah. versus arrow stitch, no? And uh what do we got? He's got a he's got a link. Um I can click oh. on the I can click on the link. I wonder if I can uh, uh yeah, definitely easier in a basilisk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be a lot less hot. <laughs> yeah. So it's a picture of me doing a, I'll, maybe I'll see if I can get that onto the show somehow or another, that picture. That's actually good. That's so, so oh, that's John, that's John shot that. Yeah. And, and he was laying down on the ground on a dry lake bed and he's and I had to, I had to wheelie up over his camera and let the bike pivot down because he wanted this kind of nice he, he that, trusts you he, he trusts wanted that you. angle yeah so yeah, see, that's a cool shot uh peter postel a guy i grew up riding and racing against uh says moscow moto moscow instagrams are good right on peter thank yeah. you so um and michael clock was is andrew short going to dakar this year uh michael the answer is no um i don't think so he had a pretty bad uh back injury earlier in the year on his motorcycle and i don't know if that would. He's still he's riding and actually doing races and stuff again, uh, but I don't know if he can uh, sit in a car uh, for that length of time. And I don't know how his back would hold up onto it. I haven't actually asked him how his back would hold up in a car, but it seems like he rides likes riding his dirt bike, and he's got a little kid now that's going mini bike racing, so he's a mini bike dad too. Speakeasy two says at oh, it's an at something, but I don't know what that is. Uh, Peter pressa Jimmy. You're one finger on the bike for balance haven't forgotten that one more than one figure of energy you're using too much you need to ha- come back for a refresher Peter I've seen I've seen videos of you riding and I want to I want to use a couple of them for like how not to on some videos I'm going to work on so just remember that <laughs> Mark DeShane. Uh, found my t-shirt email and paid I thought it was just another JLr school riding email okay mark listen so we sent out newsletters the only time we send out newsletters is when we announce new dates, so maybe four or five a year, and that people just think they're junk, and so they just don't click on them. The, the, and sometimes we have a free writing tip in them, it's good. So read uh, those emails. And another ju- yeah, read the emails from me. I uh, I don't know. I can't I can't can't control everything. Oh here's so I I spent the all morning um get sending out all these t-shirts because we've been promising the tech talk talk, the one I'm wearing right now. The Tech Talk Taco Tuesday T-shirt. Oh, was Actually, I supposed to put this on? Uh, no, I, uh, but I. Oh, don't worry. Uh, we can fix that. Uh, watch. You. You don't even. You don't even. Ha- Pete. Oh, you. You beat me to it. Uh, hold on a second. I got to get to. Uh, here we go. Here. Yeah. You don't. Even, see. You can. You can wear one even if you don't want to. <laughs> so it looks good on me. So I spent. I spent all. That guy was buff. Uh, i spent all morning you cannot believe is a form and it says like it says name address what t-shirt you know and quantity do you want and so some people put 2xl does that mean like should you put xxl and or or should you put 2-xl so I had to contact a lot of people and say, what did you really want? You didn't want? know if they wanted two XL shirts or yeah. a and, double XL. And then, and then you have to put in the thing like, okay, in a $25 shirt. So it's pretty simple math. And so I could, a lot of times I could determine, okay, if he's put two XL and it was $50, okay, yeah. he wants two shirts. You know, yeah. Figure this out. And if it was two XL and it was $25, he wants one XL shirt. But I followed up with questions. Yeah. But I think people use too much Google to fill in their addresses and they only put the street address in. no Oh, uh, yeah, state, the autofill. Autofill. Yep. It's not worth it, people. The T-shirt, even though it looks really good on Pete right now, that nice Mm -hmm. um, T-shirt. I've been working out. It wasn't wasn't worth all the uh, stuff. So, um, okay. And Leanne is going to trust her track points and tweak the intersections to make the cap headings accurate, then invite you to verify the routes. Um, Yeah, that sounds correct. This isn't Rally Navigator talk. Uh, when Mike Shirley's on the show, uh, then we can have Rally Navigator talk. So he'll be back pretty soon. He's gonna he's gonna come down and do some rally riding with us here in the near future. So um, good on that. So we've answered all the questions. Uh, so we're gonna go to the other questions. Where are we at on the? We've got fifteen. We got we can knock off fifteen minutes of questions. So we'll start with the the Utah Desert Racer one. There it gives me a chance to have a little sip of tequila here. By the way, uh, Ragosa, again, for those that weren't earlier on the show. Frank, uh, this is my Ragosa uh, Reposado tequila. I'm going to introduce it, too, Uh, uh, along with my uh, tonight's guest, Pete Day from Moscow Moto. Okay, question number one.
0: Question number one. Okay, this is from Utah Desert Rider, 1806. Appreciate the show. You guys do a great job.
1: One bad night is no big deal. And a thumbs-up emoji. Okay, well, uh, I learned a lesson i I learned a couple things we We've only dropped six hundred and eighty two frames in this entire show, which is not many. Like the last show it there was there was alerts and red things going on. So it's not as easy as you'd think. I know everybody would just like to you know actually everybody is doing a podcast. In fact, I have a beef i i have I have podcast beef Uh-oh. with uh do you do you watch follow dirt bike TV? uh no it's, I it's my buddy jay yeah um we used to call him wiseco jay because he was the hookup for the wiseco guy then he was dunlop jay because he was hookup up for dunlop tires he kind of serviced the media okay essentially a media service guy and uh but he started his own thing called dirt bike tv where he does he does really quick little insta hits um, on how to do this how to do that and i've had him on the show a couple times and he's a he's a great because he, he's like me you can just you ask him how to do something and he he has a different way of doing it, which is kind of cool. So we discussed the different ways and why he started a podcast. So he, he, he saw the podcasting world and now he's got a podcast. He's got a tech talk podcast and we're, we're going to have to go into competition. But he also on his Instagram, I had him on the best of show. He was no problem coming on the best of show. Cause he says lots of good things. Doesn't like to say anything bad. Yeah. And then, and he came on the best of, and he picked a, a bike that was, he 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 was yet he, he really sold it. He picked a Honda four hundred and fifty as the best bike ever. Huh. And this this week he now he's changed his mind. He he picked a KTM as the best bike. Which th- KTM? Uh, I think he I think it was a three hundred and fifty. Okay. And I, I picked a KTM five hundred is the best bike just for yeah. every just to do one one all. This show is brought to you by Yamaha by the <laughs> way. Uh, Yamaha <laughs> all new uh, WR and FX four hundred and fifty this year. Uh, we're excited to ride those really soon, but. So he's he's copying me. I'm I'm upset, and he wouldn't come. Well, you're on promoting me. him right now. You're- it's okay. I can promote him. He's good. He's, he's got good content. But I want to be on a. I need to be on his podcast so we can argue. And b, uh, he he can't copy me anymore. <laughs> Switching over to the KTM side. That's that's. He was so Honda. He was he he had the Honda. He had sold it on on me. But uh, yeah, I I I put I put in a comment when I saw that. I said uh, no. We talked about this. <laughs> nice. So he's got a uh, – but he wouldn't come on my worst of show and he wouldn't pick a worst bike because, you know, you, you make enemies when you do that. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> the, the makeup – I, I picked the ATK 700, which they made a 700cc two-stroke. Yeah. And literally Frank White was the only person in the world that could start it with any regularity. And I can start almost anything and I could – I had a really hard time starting it. And I don't like bikes that I can't start, so that was the that was my reasoning. Plus, there's no need for a 700 cc two stroke. It's like it's like a big giant diesel. It just doesn't even rev. It makes all its torque right away, and then it just goes flat. And it was yeah, it's nice to kind of think you're feeling that much power, but it really didn't seem like all that much power. But uh, it, it was a Mako engine. They were side. They were made for sidecar racing, like a big giant two stroke. Crazy, yeah, nuts. So, um okay, uh Pete, please make a turtleneck
0: UV jersey. A turtleneck? How about that? I would never I think that's the first time we've ever been asked to make a
1: turtleneck. I wear um I always wear the uh you know the you know the things you used to yeah, the wear buffs, the fake kinda. COVID masks, yeah, yeah, buffs. Yeah, like yeah. I always wear those. Yeah. Like just just 'cause I'm always out in the sun. I mean you can tell by my tan lines, you know.
0: I think that's what he's suggesting is to just build that into the shirt. Into the jersey. Cover up jersey. your uh cause you know, your neck just gets like brutalized. Yep. For The yep. sun, sunburn, and, you know. and it's a good and idea,
1: even with the just the wind burn in the face. And because I just used the buff and I pulled up, that's the, the short term solution, Pete. But uh, yeah, Interesting with finger idea. holes to keep the sleeves pulled down. Yep, now that's it. I so I ran last night, um, and the because it's cold, I wore a uh kind of a technical running uh jack. I know you don't think I run, I look kind of fat. It was my first run in like three to five months, no less than five because. I did a I did a beer mile down in Death Valley when it was 130 degrees, but that's a whole different story. Um, Yeah, but that so that bothers me like in in riding because having having the finger holes bothers you. Why? Uh, Because I think because the way I hang onto the bike and, Mm -hmm. and it's just I'm just sensitive to it.
0: In. so we, it's a, we we add those finger holes sometimes for two reasons, depending on the garment. Uh, we'll add them if it's an undergarment. So in other words, something that you plan to pull a jacket over the top, we put in the thumb holes and you use them just to get your sleeve down the sleeve of an outer jacket. So it doesn't okay. go up like this, right. right? When you stuff it in there. And then we put them on jerseys, some jerseys, um, because when you get up, like if you have to do a pavement section or something like that High and you're sleeve. moving fast, yeah, then the sleeves go up here and you get all this sun exposure. So- right. We don't really intend people to be like riding all day like that. We put them there either to pull a jacket on or to hold it down at high speed. That's it.
1: Yeah, because I know I know some of my um, my climb jackets have that that little that little sleevey thing. You know? Yeah. So it's like a it's like a gauntlet that kind of comes down, and they generally have the, the the finger hole in there, and I never I never run it because especially when you kind of have it in a glove. Yep. It's just too much. No, it's like, too much. Yeah, I you don't get like, this
0: bunching up right there. Yeah, I don't yep.
1: even like padded gloves. But you can, you
0: know, the cut, if it's cut, there's two ways to do it. You can do it as a cuff or you can do it as just a slit in the sleeve. Uh-huh. And, you know, the cuff you can just wear without using the hole or you can cut it out because you won't be crossing any important seams. Right. Um, and then the slit, you'll barely notice if you're not using it. Yeah.
1: yeah. But
0: I, I also find that if I ride for very long with the, the thumb hole in it, it bunches up and hurts my finger. Yeah.
1: Um, Victor says, you run to the fridge. <laughs> what what uh, Victor? I'm confused again. <laughs> so anyways. Uh, oh wait. He maybe he's answering Chris Kapunski's Coop uh Coop Z can you can you read that word? Coop I can't see C, it. From here. Uh, K- Coop Coop Zizinski. Zizinski. Yeah. Coop have a KLXR, KLX three hundred R. What would you what would be a good bike to progress to for California trail riding and doing I think he means doing some track it could be text to speech I'm not sure or maybe he's he's having his hard time with the words like I did with his last name I think you're right and some track and some track yes yeah right yeah okay some track so uh KLX 300R is what I would call it kind of referred to as a play bike you know it's a it's a it's got some suspension travel not it's not competition in any way the motor is pretty tame power delivery you know uh at that point you know, uh, I have to just tell you that uh, you need a Yamaha YZ250FX or a WR250FX because they're a sponsor of the show, and I would only say the sponsors. But uh, KTM 350s are not bad to look at in this uh, price range. I have a couple of a KTM RFS four strokes that I'm willing to sell. So, Chris, um, but uh, once you start going to the track, you you're, you're going to go away from that kind of – the the enduro which would be the you know the yamaha wr you you'd want to be more like the fx same thing on the ktm line you want to stay away from exc or xcw and go to xc because they're a little bit more competition if you want to stay on the green bike uh kawasaki they make the the kxx which is the it's essentially a motocross bike with an 18 inch rear wheel and a kickstand and that will work there but there's a All different things. But once you say track, you need to be a little bit more on the aggressive side. I mean, I can still go ride like my KTM XCW uh, or even my EXCs on the track, but I have to be careful because they just don't have – safety built into it so when you over jump a jump or you know you go up jump faces and it compresses and it uses all the suspension and then when they rebound they they get funky and it's it's not you it's the bike at that point so you have to be careful of it and be aware of it so when you're just kind of progressing sometimes those kind of bikes may not be the best uh, best thing and you can find used uh you know used motor used motocross bikes used competition bikes all day long because usually the racers use them for a year and sell them because they want to get the next latest greatest thing and generally, his bikes are in pretty good. For most guys, are in pretty good shape. Um, so, you run to the fridge. I'm still confused, Victor. <laughs> he you know, he says some one liner. Actually, when when uh, you know George, he was the one of the coaches in the school, yeah. right? So George says some pretty bad things in this show, and he says Victor says, and then he'll say what he wants to say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Something. That, uh, Mark Deshane. Says Jay Clark. This is a Dirt Bike TV. Jay Clark uses a cutting wheel to break chains with the sparks hitting the plastic. Uh, how does Jimmy Lewis break chains? I hear that Motion Pro actually makes a chain breaker. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I don't use the grinder. So what Jay's doing when he does that is he's grinding off the part that's been swedged down to make it easier for the chain breaker to 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 push the pin through. Um, but yeah, I use I have I have some of those old school. The ones I used to carry with me when I was like dual sport riding and like a long ways away, it's that kind of like C clamp looking Motion Pro uh, chain breaker. It was a really rough casted piece with a with a with a, a swivel out kind of a uh, uh, pop riveted handle, and then it had the pin in it. I have the little tiny ones. Have you ever seen those little teeny tiny ones that just like their little metal cube? Mm-hmm. That you can you 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 can break a chain with. It's about, a chain breaker? Yeah, it's a chain breaker that's this big. Really? It's a bolt with a pin in it and it, it it slides in. It only pushes it a little bit at a time. Oh huh. But you can get it through gotta so check it's that out. really tiny when you're really trying to pack tight. And then in my shop I have a really nice big motion pro uh chain breaker as well. And uh and and since I use it a lot, I do have the Motion Pro one. If I weren't using it a lot, I'd go to Rocky Mountain MCA TV. Uh, by the way, if you're going to Rocky Mountain MCA TV, click through the link on Dirt Bike Test. We get a little cut of that, and uh, you'll help make my Christmas a little merrier. Uh, you'll pay for the producer. I don't have. That's what you'll do. Uh, they they have a lot of uh, tools as well. Um, they're kind of their house tools, and they're they're if you're using them every day, eh, probably not. Uh, the most durable, I mean, I, I think they'll get the job done for most people. But uh, if you're only having to break a few chains every couple of years, go for it. Um, so check out those things. So I actually, yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't mind the sparks hitting the plastic. In fact, I probably should do some Instagram videos with like shooting sparks at myself. Like, you know, but wear glasses for safety, right? Wear Scott goggles. See how I just pulled nice, that sponsor, was good. sponsor plugs. Yeah, I wear my uh, Scott goggles when I do my grinding. I should just wear them on the show because actually look at the at the amplified lens. Look at the, the color differential in that. Yeah, that's something. If 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 you're riding oh. like out here in the in the uh in the uh summer when because we have a lot of white dirt and a lot of, it's just really hard on the eyes. Those are that's some insane thing. And then in the winter I wear their uh their polarized the um the uh, light sensitive ones.
0: For uh, for skiing or for no for moto? no
1: for for riding okay. yeah because I'm I'm a because you're probably mostly you're not a goggle guy
0: uh, I wear goggles yeah well, you, I mean I, well I trail ride too okay you know
1: uh, but I have um, yeah I have clears for the woods and then yeah I've got some Oakleys right. for the yeah so I do light desert. I do light sensitive um, in the winter just because it's not the harsh sun isn't that harsh but when the mm-hmm. sun's harsh those things are amazing cool like, it's like your eyes I got to check those out it's like your eyes are going to bed they're all relaxed they're fashionable too yeah they have on um, all different bands we've got the six days special edition this is Whoa. the this is the pro circuit special edition
0: doesn't um, doesn't your co-host gets a free set of goggles right wasn't that part of the sponsorship deal with uh
1: them? you never know we might be able to arrange something <laughs> i'm like i'm like i don't even have a right, brand new pair right now i might need to talk to him about that actually I, that's what i'm doing to make this show better by giving stuff away but i was, thought i should give it to the to the people that yeah, are watching. Yeah, you
0: don't want more co-hosts. You want more more
1: audience. <laughs> no, I do want more co-hosts. Um, uh, driving squirrely, says Chris. That's that's uh, that's why it was the texting. Don't text and drive. You're going to run into a stupid motorcycle people. Or if you're ever driving around this town at night, everybody likes to walk on the street. <laughs> like People are getting hit left and right around you. You really got to pay attention. People it's walk crazy.
0: in Pahrump. There's a lot of pedestrians.
1: Well, when you lose your driver's license... And then you get caught riding your go kart to the to the liquor store or gotcha. the or the bar, and they take that away from you. And right. Then, and then and then your bicycle, well, it breaks too. Then you have to walk.
0: And it's three a.m. and you're grinding your teeth, smoking meth.
1: Yeah. Yep. And the, the the liquor store is still open, or right. you're just going to see your buddy because he has more. Right. <laughs> You've learned a little bit about front very quickly. <laughs> Valley of the dirt people, we like to say out here. Oh, and, I like and, that. And I say that. That's aff- good. I say it affectionately. Yeah. I, I I am a dirt person. I like I like it out here. That's good. I can ride my dirt bike down the street legally to get to off-road riding. That's actually fairly good when it's not bone dry. But we did get some sprinkles today.
0: Yeah, and, I and, saw that. And yep. the
1: mountain bike riding. How was yeah, that? It was
0: great. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what a great place for a training school, too, with the lake bed and the dunes and the gravel. Right. It's got kind of a little bit of everything.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, Gronk has uh, dibs on the RFS bike. Send the offer, buddy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll make you a package deal. I'll figure it out. I can get them all the way up to Washington too. I think you going back up there? Yeah, <laughs> I know a way to get them to Portland in spring. Yeah, I, I know a way. To, well, they're they're frozen in. You know they. You know you know. Do, do you know that that in Canada everybody lives underground? that during the winter they all live underground oh is that I, what happens up there yeah. i always they, wondered that they that's why they, they have little beady eyes and that's why they're really happy because when they actually when you get to God see them when they come out yeah they're, they're they're outside and they get to see the, and sun, the pale and skin
0: makes, and yeah make, that all makes sense it, now. it makes them
1: happy yeah but yeah he's a canadian but i think he's a big guy and he probably wants to beat me up lumberjack's eyes you know do you know radic yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. radic's another canadian yeah i think he's he, he tries right. to not live underground that much <laughs> right, he rides an 890 like a dirt bike Right, he's got a problem He tries to get me to go riding with him And I'm like, "Radic, uh, that's not what it's for <laughs> that's so funny i
0: i've had similar thoughts I, yeah i'm like wow yeah. man but god it's cool what they do i'm glad somebody does it he's he's big you know
1: there, there's guy like Poltoris, you know on the does all the tenere stuff mm-hmm. and and uh and radic is you know not not a no, pole is a world-class trials rider before mm-hmm. he started doing all of the stuff on the, but he's a he's a giant i don't right. know how he rode a trial a trials bikes it's just a big dude but uh that that stuff's it's for stunts and i can do it but Remember that you're only seeing the highlight reels.
0: <laughs> have you seen uh, this guy Matt Spears on uh, YouTube and um, Instagram with his his gold, Honda Goldwing that he's taking? Yep.
1: He's riding on Slick Rock and mo- like up Hell's Gate and. No, doing people his... have told me about this. I like yeah. like I I I don't uh, spend as much time trolling the internet as I guess I'm supposed to.
0: Matt, Spear, Matt Spears is his name. And okay. he's, a, he's, a, he's a really talented rider, but he gets on, you know, Goldwing, big Goldwing. The thing is just destroyed. And he rides yeah. it up stuff that I, you can't believe. I
1: think I saw it reposted on some sort of a motocross form. Does he have one where he's carrying a motorcycle on the back of it or something?
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think there's one where he's got a dirt bike on the back and he's got a, a Hayabusa uh, sport bike too. He takes out in the oh. sand dunes and so it's amazing. It's really cool. It's neat. Yeah, find him on Instagram or YouTube <laughs> okay. or whatever.
1: Yeah. Okay uh NS Zug is NZUGGI or whatever what is a large frame motorcycle like my 05 KTM uh 525 MXE? I like that bike because the frame seems larger than other bikes what's funny um interesting to bring that up is is those older KTMs were very uh stretched out very roomy uh for a guy like me they were almost too too roomy and I had to bring uh the kind of the bars in a little bit closer And I didn't mind kind of the, the, the foot pegs, but if I ever went to a tall seat in one of those bikes, then, then it really stretched out and I could never get it. But, you know, I hate to say it, but, um, I don't think you're going to find anything that's, that's, that's that roomy in the, in the frame. But I will tell you that when we just did our 450 comparison, uh, a few of our larger, taller riders went and bought Kawasaki's don't know why, but they did and these guys had raced kawasaki's back in the day and kawasaki's in the a long time ago used to be a more roomy bike i didn't notice it so much but they obviously found something that they that they liked and kawasaki does stock allow you to lower the frame lower the foot pegs um on the frame so you just there's a separate mounting that you can lower them down i think it's 5 forward and 10 down which is weird because i don't think they should be going forward but uh, that's the way that they that that's the way that they make it work. But uh, yeah, uh, maybe you know, see if you can get a test ride on one of those things. Um, and then John Beck, low tech sometimes has its advantages. That picks was shot with a nineteen thirties tech that doesn't require batteries, and I still like my LC four. <laughs> nice. So um, old school. Yeah, he's put the link up in the uh, in the chat to that to that photo also. So cool. Thanks, John. And um, let's see. Uh, Leanna Revere says, I'll co-host if you want. 47 years of riding in droves, six days in rally, also from Canada. And my eyes are open currently in Arizona. So willing to travel. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, take that into consideration. Send your resume in. With nudes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That's going straight to the HR department. <laughs> yeah well, i'm not going to work there tomorrow so it'll go it'll get lost in the inbox in okay what, what do we do we get to yeah you ready yeah there's we got a whole bunch okay. of questions
0: here that let's, was just number one.
1: Okay, oh, you know what let's do let's uh let's take a let's take a quick little uh quick little break and uh and uh, then we'll get to the second half of questions so if you have your questions um oh gronk says the cove 450 rally is very tall and roomy and i totally agree with that 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 is true um I forgot to mention that. And it, and, it, and it it's a great adventure bike with some Mosca bags on it. And nice. I know this for a fact. So enjoy the ad break. The defending champion. Okay. The yeah. all-new Yamaha YZ450F. Okay. Uh, three minutes. Okay, cool. Are you happy? Is it going well? Oh, yeah, it's going okay, perfect. perfect. Yeah, it's good. You can interrupt any time you want. Yeah, cool. And say mean and bad things. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about boobs and nudes. Well, the thing is, is it's funny because I think I'm feeling
2: the pain, the pain, What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto Co-branded components come with a no-questions-asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure.
1: Okay, welcome back to the show. Hey, we left our mics on so you could hear us talk about you, you viewers, uh, while we are walking away. Uh, I, I like to apologize to to Pete for um, the whole show. I use, I should. Have, I apologize to everybody that for even doing the show, and I should apologize for you for. Having and why to, is
0: that? What do you? What specifically are you apologizing
1: for? Oh, I don't know. Just, <laughs> just because my
0: line, my 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 uh, no, offense no. boundary is way beyond oh, where way we're beyond, at. Yeah, no, it's I'm, way beyond meth and boobs. <laughs> trust me.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, we're gonna dive uh, right back into the uh, questions here. Um, uh, Todd Lostrom says, "I'm having trouble keeping my bike in the rut at the exit of turns on my KTM 250 SXF. Slowing the rebound on the forks helps. Any other bikes setup ideas to try to help?" So, uh, Todd, uh, I would, I would, I can tell you all kinds of bike setup things to try. Uh, it's, it's real easy, but I'll tell you what the number one problem is. You want, you want to guess? What the problem with why his bike isn't working properly? It's something to do with balance. Uh, yeah, so so we'll go one step further. It's the rider is generally the problem, especially gotcha. especially at the exit of the turn. So, um, so when you're talking about the exit of the turns, uh, are you are you are you trying to climb out of the rut? Or are you falling down into the rut? Because this is important to the answer of the of the question. But because uh, you're you're at that point, what I think is going on is that you're. I'm going to guess that you're, you're the bikes trying to stand up in the rut, which means you're accelerating at that point, which is causing it to stand up and you're probably not waiting long enough, uh, to get onto the gas. You're actually, you're actually going around, you're going in too slow and then you're having to accelerate coming out. And that's, what's causing the bike to do something funky. And the thing is, is if you change your setup to, to affect that part of the turn, it's gonna it's gonna change the way that that the bike works in the other parts of the turns where maybe it's fine. So a lot of times it's just kind of analyzing what you're doing as a rider, and and then kind of figuring figuring it out because to in order to get it to to stay down and if you're saying slowing the rebound helps, uh, I can I can kind of see that, but maybe try. On the bike side of things, adding a little bit of high-speed compression, which will actually kind of hold it up in the strokes, which which will push the the fork down a little bit. Um, that would be the if the rebound is helping, and you don't want to affect any place else on the on the track too much. Try uh, high-speed uh, compression on the shock. That would be my uh, next thing. Uh, okay, what's our next question on that one? All right.
0: Hi, Jimmy. Uh, this is from Scott Rodriguez. Hi, Jimmy. Thanks for the t-shirt. I wanted to get some info about your H bar setup on your 1090. Would you mind detailing your exact setup? I'm trying to duplicate it and use a set of Highway Dirt Bikes handguards. Any information greatly appreciated and also it's a two part question. Also,
1: oh, let's what do you handle, think of the Mako 360? Okay, okay, that we'll add that into it. Um okay. also so so my exact setup on my KTM 1090s and 1190 1090s 1190s, I have three of them uh, is I'm running a uh, a BRP mount, that's their uh, vibration mount with a Scott's damper that's sub mounted. So, in other words, the, 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 the damper is underneath the, the bars. And then I'm running Flex, you know, Fast Company flex handlebars. I'm running their standard height. And I'm running the standard height on the two that I use predominantly as street bikes. And then, and with the fast company flex handlebars, you can mount the the BRP uh, or the highway dirt bike uh, mounts. They make a they make a mount a pivot for it because the 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 with those handguards, they have to pivot to allow the handlebars to work. So that's that's kind of my setup. And on my ten ninety, which I use more as a as a dirt, I use it more dirt. I've actually milled down the. Uh, the BRP mounts. So it's actually lower. And I think it was 15 millimeters lower and it was as low. It's basically as low as I could go without kind of having some interference and stuff. Cause I, I was in between the two different heights of uh fast company bars and I wanted to be something in the middle. So that's how picky I get with that stuff. Um, that's the, that's the setup. I'm running 12 degrees in the sweep. So the fast company bars are 12 degrees sweep, I don't know what that equates to and other stuff, but uh, if you call up Cole at Fast Company and ask him, he knows what all of my setups are, so he he has a really good idea and can kind of help you out uh, there. But if you're asking about the Mako, that's a whole different thing. That's kind of a trying to achieve the similar thing. You, are you familiar with the the Mako mounts?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's essentially it's a it's a handlebar mount that it's it's meant to isolate vibration and and shock and stuff. So it's it's kind of a mount that, uh, you mount the handlebar It's sort of inside of a tube. And then there's elastomers around the bar that connect it to the, to the triple clamp. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 isolates. So the bar can actually move around, uh, and it's kind of controlled the way that they, the, I actually helped him design some of his elastomers and stuff when he was very first starting. And, uh, so it's a little bit different than the way the flex bar works. I, I think it might actually be a little bit better for vibration. I don't, I don't personally like it for the it because it it allows the bars to turn a little bit. You know, there's there's some flex absorption this way, not just kind of up and down, not impact wise. Um, that's why I have the BRP mount for the vibration and the flex bars for the impact absorption <laughs> on on my setup. So um, it's a it's kind of you know, like I said, there's all different ways to kind of to kind of do the the different thing. There's other there's other suspension handlebars that um, that have different kinds of things. I just saw now they have a a bar mount that has a shock absorber into it. But it's it's kind of the the good thing about the fast company bars for me is that they're isolated. So one side or the other, um, if you if you have an impact and you're weighted onto one side or the other, uh, it kind of handles that as opposed to moving the whole bar. And the moving of the handlebars is what bothers people with like suspension type handlebars. They all move in some way a little bit, and it's just how sensitive you are to that. But uh, that's uh, that's my setup, and um, I, I know a lot of people are running the Mako and are happy with it. I just tend to prefer the uh, the flex handlebar.
0: Want another from the list? Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, this is uh, at uh, Anthony Z three thousand four. And um, what modifications, <laughs> what modifications would it take to turn a T seven into something approaching your HP two? Besides a, a BMW logo tape to the side,
1: <laughs> uh, you'd have to add like uh, I think you'd probably have to add forty or so pounds. And would that,
0: does it matter? Can it be? Does it matter if that's bricks or lead or feathers or just forty pounds?
1: Just, of... Yeah. Well, you'd kind of want. I think you'd. I think you'd want to mount it like out where the cylinder heads stick out on the HP2, you know, just for aesthetics. Yeah. Some sort
0: of an extension arm out to the side with a heavy weight on the end of it on both sides to like a pontoon.
1: Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know why you would want to, to modify the T7. Everything's gotten so much better. Uh, The HP2 was definitely a step in the the right direction for adventure bikes. it was crazy how, how much that they, they raked the, the bike out because the, the bike that we used to develop HP2 was my actual last rally bike, my 900 RR rally bike. When we went to the test with the prototype, that was the bike we were comparing it to, and that bike had another year of development in it. And kind of that's what the HP2 was. Mm-hmm. It was it was gonna it was kind of this was the direction the rally bike was going to go if BMW had not stopped um, doing it. But things have come so much farther um, from that. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to get that level of torque uh, with uh, a parallel twin in particular and especially one that's you know down well um 200 cc's from my rally bike or you know 400 cc's from the from the the actual hp2 uh or 300 and something cc's but i they're they're really just different kind of you know kinds of monsters uh you know i don't know that I don't know why you'd want to <laughs> I don't know why I mean the the low CG of the BMW motors is actually pretty cool. It's something I'm still a big a big fan of. Um I just I feel for me I feel like what they've lost since that, you know, that engine, the HP2 era engine, BMW went to a more revvy, higher performance engine and lost some of that chug 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 torque that 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 um that I like and of all, the, of all the smaller displacement adventure bikes, that's, I think, what makes the Tenere super special is that it has kind of like really good kind of torque. Like tr- It's like torque with traction control built in, but it's not even traction control. It's just the way that that cross-plane motor, motor runs. So, I don't know. You have much time on a T7? Not really. Nope. Uh, we have one in the business. I just haven't ridden it
0: myself personally. I have an 890 that kind of fills that niche, but I think it's a cool bike. We outfit a lot of them. Yeah,
1: I, it's and in, in for me with 790 and 890 that platform just for adventure bike it's like too aggressive mm. it's just it's just that little bit on the aggressive side where where the you know the tenere is definitely a step down and the honda the new honda trans out which we're testing right now is even kind of a step down more in the we'll call it comfort side mm-hmm. but uh yeah um interesting yeah
0: this mm. is a funny question
1: I yeah, like well, I, yeah, I mean, people just, they know they know the history. I should have put that yeah. picture up of the... I should figure out how to get that picture up on, on the thing. Uh, next question.
0: Uh, okay. Um, this is from the Kitchen Technician. Uh, the motor is counterbalanced, just not to the level of KTMs. Never, ever bothers well, me on my... Do you know what we're talking, talking about? He's
1: talking about here? a Beta 300. We just did a test on the Beta 300, and I'm still trying to find out the answer to this in particular because I... T- I'm pretty sure the engine is not counterbalanced. It has it it has the capacity to hold a counterbalancer inside of the beta 2-stroke motor. I don't think it's in there, but I could be wrong. And if if you've heard that it's counterbalanced, most motors are counterbalanced. You know the crank is a counterbalance. You know it's just the way they're they're designed. But there, I don't believe there's a counterbalancer in that motor. Okay. You want to go on? Yep. Okay. So
0: the motor is counterbalanced, just not to the level of KTM's. Never ever bothers me on my 2023 300 RR. Sachs front forks on the Beta are perfect for the typical terrain the Beta is designed for. Kayaba front forks always seem too stiff on my 2WR 450 Yamahas. It's an enduro machine, not a desert racer. I'll agree with the tire observation though. Anytime I ride my friends KTM two stroke TPI and TBIs, they always seem a little characterless compared to the beta. There are tons of YouTube videos on these betas that are fortunately more meat than filler, unlike this one is. So I can't tell. Is that a compliment? I, I can't I can't tell. When I'm reading, I can't I don't really even know what <laughs> yeah, I'm I reading out loud yet. Yeah. No.
1: No, you're reading. You're, well well, it's, it's good. This is how we taught Logan how to talk, our original co host, by yeah. reading this stuff. And and it's funny because he sounded like he didn't know how to read. Yeah. And, and then wait till you read some of these. Like it's hard. It's really hard to read them because there's, yeah. there's grammar and punctuation and For interesting sure. things and people throw emojis in there and like how the hell, what does that mean? And then they text a speech or they, they use texting code and, uh, but uh, the, the, I think, so it's funny because this is, so he, he posted this on one of our, our videos that, that Trevor actually did. It's a, it's a first writing impression of the beta. And, Everybody, I always say everybody's entitled to their opinion. They have an opinion, and your opinion's valid for you. And, and then, it, it, how far you want to push it—that's where we kind of get there. Because when he says the KTM's are kind of characterless compared to the Beta, I've heard I've heard the exact opposite. Like KTM's feel like they have character, and Betas don't. And it sort of just depends on what you're defining as character. And right back to Tim on the forks. Most people, I'd say the the. The general consensus on the forks is the opposite of what he just he just <laughs> said. You know, most people feel the sacks is a little bit stiff for the trail riding mm-hmm. and the Kayabas tend to be a little bit better, but it it's you know, and, and we never know how this person has their bike set up or what kind of train they're riding. And, you know, we've seen people, you know, they they're they're literally they call dual sport riding, what we would call dual sport riding, they'll call that trail riding you know and then, right and so it's just it's it's kind of hard to communicate that's the cool thing about some of the visual mediums we have now where you you get to see videos you know on the onboard with the gopros and stuff you get to see we're riding them and you can say okay now i know why they think this is this bike that looks makes like a that. lot of sense yeah um, we try to shoot videos that show the bikes you know using their full suspension travel and you know jumping them and doing we try to show them doing all the things that they're expected to do because we test them and in, in kind of try to test them in a in a wide range but um yeah but i in the counterbalancer thing i'm pretty sure i'm right <laughs> or i wouldn't say it all right you ready for another yes
0: all right this is george doolittle 9015
1: gronk says wow someone who actually likes the sax forks on betas <laughs> i like sax forks on betas especially once you break them in and the problem is most media guys they hop on a beta this is true and it's, it's not so much anymore because they're they've gotten a lot better and because that people realize that they were good bikes because some people like us said they were good bikes uh now they'll give them a little bit of time but most of these bikes would come from beta the the magazines would have them they'd ride them for two hours and send them back and they would look like they'd never been ridden hmm. and the, and the like the, the beta guys like how the hell are we going to get these guys to ride these bikes more? Because they don't work until 15 hours. You know, the suspension starts breaking in. And I, I don't believe Sax Forks works until you service them once. You know, you get the crap oil that they come with or the contaminated oil that from the break-in, you got to get that stuff out of there and put something in that's now lubricating and smooth, and they actually work pretty good. So I, I, I agree with him on on the on the on some points of this, but I also know how you can get them to work really good. You gotta click them. So reasonable
0: people can disagree. Yes. Two people can look at the same set of facts and come to different conclusions. Correct. Okay, this is. Uh, let's see. This is from George Doolittle, nine thousand fifteen. No more Suzuki engine. Sad to see that go. Sounds like a good time to measure up against Suzuki. As a consequence.
1: Um, what does it mean? No more Suzuki engine. Sad to see that go.
0: Sounds like a good time to measure up against Suzuki. As a consequence
1: um i'm not sure what he was talking about on that one that was a that was post that was a question was a couple weeks old so hmm. i was trying to get back to it so all right keep yeah. moving i i think suzuki's still making motors look at this so so pete just put up a picture of uh um, i'll allow the cookies He's probably collecting my data um yeah this this was this is how we tested our rally bikes Wow, like that's like a lot higher than it. Like, it was a hundred and something foot tabletop jump.
0: What bike are you on there?
1: That's a rally factory KTM rally bike. Cool. It was we were we were uh, uh, they were trying to see if the frame would stretch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'll jump it. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, okay. Uh, well, what does he have a whole folder on me, Peter? In this in this file? Crazy. So okay. Uh, Next question.
0: Okay, let's see. Next question. This comes from RC56. Thanks for review. Thought thought of one of these. Also good deals on them. And as a first dirt bike, I was looking at a KTM 350 XCF. He's 6'2", 220 pounds, and 45. Not looking for big jump or motocross. Want to go on long rides, open trails. Is the 350 too aggressive of a bike, do you think? Maybe XCFW or... This just to put around at half the price.
1: So he's asking about the Honda C R F two fifty uh, F, which okay. is the now now the CRF three hundred F. Yeah. So they've they've so he's probably looking at an older one. So he's a he's a six two, two hundred and thirty pound dude. Solid muscle. Uh, yeah, probably. So all muscle. just muscle. Yep. Um at at that size, we're not worried about the bike size anymore. And the number one reason I see people going to those kind of play bikes and stuff like that is because they feel like they can put their feet on the ground and and so the biggest probably the biggest difference for someone is that the, there's a little bit different power delivery. I don't think it's that much different. Um it's it's just more throttle response, but you'll get used to that pretty quick. You'll learn you know what that's like. I mean, it's all on your wrist. It only goes as it only goes as hard as you turn it. Um and uh, <laughs> I think very quickly you'll be turning that CRF 250F all the way hmm. and wish you had something like the KTM 350. Uh, you know, it, and it's one of those things where it can be ridiculously intimidating, you know, if you hop on it like the very first time, but as you get used to it, it's, it's really not that bad. And now, I'm kind of the last guy that says you'll grow into a bike, but I always hate to see someone, um, way under on the bike. We've had a couple people come to the class. In fact, I, I traded a KTM 525 <laughs> to a guy for a CRF 250F because he was a, he was that size and, and after the first half day in the class, I'm like, hey, you need a, you need a bike that fits you. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, if, if there's any chance you have buddies or friends or something that you can go and ride, you know, get a chance, um, to, to ride a couple of these different bikes, you may find that, you know, and, and, and then it, and then it comes down to like, is this too aggressive? I and mean, we go to a motocross bike, for sure, it's going to be quite an aggressive power band for trail riding, but more so they have tall first gears. Like their first gear is not meant to go on single track trails. It's meant to go around a really sharp turn on a motocross track, hmm. which means you're just feathering the clutch and then shifting. Mm-hmm. And and you try to ride up a rocky trail with a tall first gear motocross bike, and you wonder why the radiators are steaming. Because hmm. you built up all the heat through the clutch, and there we go. And that's a hard thing to change because if you gear it to make first gear good – then your fifth or sixth gear is too low and you're going down the roads going 45 miles an hour with the throttle pinned hmm. you know so that's a interesting one uh okay next
0: uh max flight 777 i like jimmy lewis that's what he he just oh, wants to well, let you I know He's i put these a fan. In, you
1: know i put these in there so i can pat myself on the back oh you selected these yeah, oh, yeah. does he does does max
0: flight 777 even exist really or did you just make that up
1: no he, he really exists he does okay yeah. uh-huh. you got a fan a couple of them yeah (laughs) uh he came back again and said i love you guys same guy well that's getting kind of weird because i liked it better when he just liked me and now he loves us guys which means like trevor and scott the other guys that do dirt bike test so uh well thanks for nothing okay (laughs) thanks max yeah uh
0: yes david yes dirt bike test reply man please reply Um, oh that's part of the same that's max again i think that's just a continuation of his uh love uh, you guys
1: uh, Oh, no, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's another... That's um, another user? That's another user, yeah. Or, yeah, post. Yeah, please reply. Test. Please reply. Oh, we just did. Okay, good. You got okay. your wish. Replied.
0: Check. <laughs> oh. Joshua Arney, to me, I don't... I'm confused. Oh, just checking to make sure I didn't miss the bus on these shirts. Haven't received my invoice yet. Thanks, man. That's Whoa. from Joshua Arney.
1: Well, uh, Josh, uh, you got your shirt and the shirts are done. If you didn't get them, they're gone. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I remember his name as one of the people that I sent, uh, an invoice to. And I mean, I was amazed almost everybody paid. I thought for sure, like half the people are just going to flake on it, but they all paid the invoices and the shirts will get the orders going in tomorrow. So your shirts are on your way. I don't know if Santa Claus is going to bring them, but, uh, you can, oh, you know what you can do, Pete? um you can actually superimpose your picture onto the uh, onto the show and then we can uh, where is it i lost it there it is and then then you can get a t-shirt just like that sweet <laughs> so you, so we look like we're like twins almost now
0: yeah. yeah yeah except for my except for my my muscle my all those muscles <laughs> that you gave me in this thing
1: so uh, yeah uh, shirts are on the way yeah, <laughs> but if you need a, you need one for christmas take a picture of that and then just like print it up and then just tape it on your shirt. That's what I would do. Yeah. Good idea. Sounds like it works.
0: Yeah. You could actually just wear the same shirt every day with different things taped to it. (laughs) Nobody would ever know.
1: (laughs) I'm getting a tech talk taco (laughs) t-shirt. Hey, thanks for the support. I do. I do really appreciate it right until I found out how much work it was to be a merch dealer. It's almost, you know, if you're going to go to the level of having merch, you might as well start a company. Yeah. Welcome
0: (laughs) to my world. (laughs) Right. (laughs) uh okay this is uh super disco 199 super disco right good stuff good to see you reviewing a bike with a bit more widespread appeal versus bikes like crf rx's etc didn't expect the low end to be weak it's got the dual spark tech doesn't it having to adjust the clickers to suit the trail is a strong indicator to me that they made the chassis a bit too rigid which is why the race models always
1: get revalved so he's talking about the beta 300 also so usually these the 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 comments and stuff and questions are off of the videos that we released during the course of the last week. So we usually do a couple of videos a week. Uh, and if you're curious about bike, I mean, it's amazing how much the weird bikes get the traffic, you know, like, like our KTM, you will get, you know, like 4,000 views and the mm-hmm. beta will get 30 and the Cove gets a hundred.
0: Is that cause there's fewer reviews out there? So you're, you're getting all of the traffic.
1: I, I don't, I don't know. I I think it's just people are kind of curious about stuff they don't know about. Right? I mean, that's just, what they're googling. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're, yeah. They're googling it, and we get a lot. Of, we get a lot of organic. A lot of pick up a lot of organic search. And then I think when people start like seeing, because a lot of, now a lot of the manufacturers get these influencers that that hey look at look at me, I'm riding this bike and I'm pretty and da 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 and and they're 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 doing stuff, but they don't say anything. They don't break it down and try to explain how. How it works and, and, and stuff, and so that's what I think he's kind of um, talking about there. The the uh, what was the kind of the question part of it? It was just common. Is it was no? It does not have. We do not have the dual spark head, so that's a that's a new thing that that Beta is doing. So they're putting it's it's actually nothing new. It's old, but they're putting a second spark plug in the cylinder head of a two stroke to just get better combustion, which will it's it's basically to compete with um with KTM because KTM has the fuel injection the fuel injection you can bog those bikes down so low and and then they still kind of come alive where uh I believe that they've they found that if they put a second spark plug in there it just gives it a lot better throttle response and and I don't think it's going to do much for peak, peak power and stuff for but for rideability but another thing that I saw this weekend is if you're familiar with a company called TM yeah so TM makes uh they're famous for their cart motors and stuff, but they make, you know, a lot of uh a lot of race bikes and stuff. And a lot of the guys that were at this King of the Motors things, uh Justin Lineweber, who is the promoter of the race, he rides a TM. Man, what tractors those things are. <laughs> and and carbureted or fuel injected, they, they have both. But the thing that the TM has that the KCM also has is the electronic power valve. <laughs> and you can tell that they've figured out how to make that electronic power valve make those bikes just just lug and grunt like it's uh, it was it was crazy to hear hear those things you could really hear them kind of just going Hmm. like lower than ktms which made me very interested so yeah i've
0: never ridden one i've just seen them yeah
1: they're 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 trick and handmade and you used to spend all the time you never ride them you just jet them Hmm. you just used to jet them all the time but now they're fuel injected so you don't have to all
0: right you ready for uh malky 525 fit a fan DRZ 400s come... The DRZ 400 comes with one, I'm pretty sure.
1: Uh, so That's with regard to radiator guards. Right, so radiator guards. So we have a... There's a video up on the site where we talk about radiator guards, good or bad. Uh, if you like spending money, a lot of money, then don't buy them. But if you want to spend a little bit of money and not have to buy radiators in the future, then then buy them. That was kind of the, 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 the gist of that. And if you ride where I ride, if you fall over, sometimes your bike lands on a rock. Actually I have a really good video of one of the guys that took my class. We went out riding afterwards and there was this this gnarly rock wall. At you know, it was a drop in, a square edge rock, and then probably a one bike length before you had to go up a wall that was, you know, a rock wall that had grease and oil on it from all the cars driving up it. That was uh Eight nine feet up at a pretty steep angle. Like you you have you have to have your drive and you have to float up it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do it. I wasn't going to do it because I was riding I was riding a heavier four stroke and I don't even think I would have done it anyways. But he you know we work on all the balance stuff right. And we I tell I said the problem is the rock that you're going to hit down at the bottom is going to knock you a little bit out of balance and then you have got to you know have the you it it it, right when you're trying to get drive you're going to drive into that rock and then then it's going to do it's going to send you down not up. And so you have to kind of be real patient. So when you get over that rock, then you do your acceleration. He did the acceleration, and it just – he didn't feel like it was enough. It was it was enough to get his bike up. And his bike went up, and he got halfway up and said, forget it, and jumped off the back. But his bike went up, landed on its two wheels, actually bounced and rolled straight, and then finally fell over. That's a win. And, you got and the I'm, bike up. I'm like – like, you were balanced the whole time, and so we're we're doing good on the riding part. It's just getting that little that little extra bit of traction to go up there. But uh, uh, the way his bike landed, you know, it just it just fell over. There was like it's in Boulder Field, you know, and yeah. and it it just barely. I mean, I thought for sure we we're going to see oil coming out of our completely smashed pipe, but it just fell just right. But had it fallen like a little bit uh, farther back, it would have just the rock would just punch the radiator, and that that's folded up radiator if you have a good guard it'll take most of the hit out of that and so i I always say get get them when the bike's new because they they the really good ones are really tight fits and they hold the radiator together and you're going to save yourself some money uh and a cooling fan is always a good thing too uh pro moto billet i mean sorry pro (laughs) so bad bulletproof designs pro moto billet makes good stuff too but bulletproof designs makes excellent excellent uh Radiator guards. I just fitted them on my WR450, and that's the only reason I was riding that big heavy four stroke in the extreme rocks is because I had the radiator guards on there, plus the disc brake, the, the rear disc guard, and my chain guide guard. Uh, and so I felt comfortable uh, smashing it into rocks. Next one. Next.
0: The JDM 1200. How do you think the KX450X would fare in the tighter enduros in the south and east?
1: Um, about as good as any other four-stroke uh, MX bike would. Um, and it, when, you know, the, I, I think it's on the same lines. Actually, it... Yeah, it's pretty aggressive. It and the Honda RX, the, K- the Kawasaki and the Honda are pretty aggressive, even though they come with couplers and different ignition curves and stuff like that that tame them down. They're still kind of on the aggressive side. Uh, I would, if if it was me, I would tend to lean, of course, Yamaha sponsors this show, the YZ450FX, and I'm being absolutely serious about that because I think there's some characteristics of Yamaha that make it better in the tighter stuff. And then even the, the KTM 450, Although it just doesn't have the, the same features that some of the other bikes have. It's also pretty aggressive. But I think just the, the – I haven't ridden the new one. But the older ones tended to be a little bit better than the Honda and the Kawasaki. And then there's always that 350. There's always a 350 that's going to that, – and that's why the guys that are winning the GNCCs are riding 350s. So. Okie doke.
0: Uh, Michelle Latour 150 it says um, the other dirt bike channels should take notice of this style of review no annoying loud music added for excitement lots of helpful technical details and long-term du- durability infos discussed
1: uh, thank so, you yeah. and i and he's talking about our kicks so a lot of these are the kicks for 50x we did a we spent a year on one uh, trevor one of the kids that uh, does all a lot of the testing for us raced it all year a uh, pretty good video he, uh, but I'm, I'm just gonna beat be on trevor here he repeats himself way too much in that video so if you're one of those people that like feels like you need to be in school and they need to say things three times like trevor does that for you so you'll remember everything he says so i i you were really happy with that video and i called him up and um told him how to do it but then he should probably just have said why don't you do it then <laughs> Uh, Next one. All right, but this is, he's he's gonna,
0: Ron Maurer, thirty six ninety four is making it tough on me here. Let me see if I can get this one out. Oh, smoothly. here we go. Love the twenty three KX four fifty. I'm a hill climber with a K, and believe me, look up Dirt li, Dirt TV. We kill the hills. He kills the hills. So it's he good.
1: kills what, what is it called? It's called uh, Dirt Lurts TV. Shout out to Dirt Lurts TV. Yep. He's a hill climber. You think that's how it's spelled? Look it up. You know what? Because I'm not sure. It's kind of Dirt Lurts. Lurts is with a Z. Lurts. Dirt. Dirt Lurts TV. D-I-R-T-L-U-R-T. Go to Dirt Lurts and check out his sick hill climbs.
0: Ron is a good... Hill climber, he kills the hills kills, I the, like hills that. kills the
1: hills 20, on his 23 kx 450x
0: no little baby shite here he says okay. send
1: send it bro i mean send yep. us the videos so we can play them i want to see the killing hills
0: mean green team green all day <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's doing easy he, this is
0: serious <laughs> business yeah but i do love the other bikes as well just park to tg i don't know what that means Partial, maybe like partial? To, partial oh, to, partial
1: to Team Green.
0: To Team Green. Right. Oh, Team Green. Oh, Team Green. I got TG, it. I yeah, get it. See, yeah. I always told you it was
1: challenging. You're going to catch up on that, yeah, this slingo yeah. yeah, What? Dirt Dirt alerts. I can't read and think at the same time. It's impossible. Uh, some people say I can't walk and uh, do anything. <laughs> I can't should.
0: do any two things at the same time. <laughs> right. And I'm trying to get
1: you to do four things on your dirt bike. You did pretty good for not being able to do that. I, <laughs> just don't put any reading material on your damn dashboard. Yeah, exactly. Good, right?
0: Okay. Okay. Yep. Mean green team green all day. Kill the hills. No little baby shite here. Okay, thanks, Ron. Okay, Randy Cox. Glad to hear the KX 450X did good for you guys. Also, my 2022 has been bulletproof. Now I don't ride as fast. At, now I don't ride as fast or hard as you, but have had no issues. I've had zero issues with the stock plastic either. Been great and have not cracked, broke, chipped, or anything. Think a leaky fork seal is literally the only thing I've had go wrong with it.
1: So. That's uh, that's amazing. And, and like when Trevor, it's kind of funny because he, he's, uh, it's so hard to say mean things about when companies and brands are giving you bikes to ride and test, and they're supporting you with parts and all these things like that. And and I, what he really wants to say, and he he says it. He says, well, it's like one percent off of the best. He kind of he kind of said that line, and what he's meaning there is like, is. And and I, I, I'm kinda there with them on this as well. Like right now, like the Hondas and the KTMs and the Yamahas are are kinda the, the, the top of the list for like quality and stuff. And the and the Kawasaki's and the Suzuki's are just one notch down. And it's sometimes and Kawasaki about five or six years ago made a concerted effort to start like Making their fasteners a little bit better, just the way the fasteners were attaching, the the way that the the pre you know if if they were, if the bolt was on the back of the seat, they went up a size, so it wasn't a little tiny eight millimeter you know six millimeter thread, they went to an eight millimeter thread for something that's going to be in and out all the time, and and they've done they've definitely kind of upped the game, they've done a much better job, but still there's some little things on those on those bikes that, I don't I don't want to say it's just. It's just not as Sano, and it's somehow that not as Sano just leads to it somehow not being as as tight. Like I rode the bike that he did like the day before, literally the last time we went out and rode it, and uh, I was pretty blown away because I knew how much he how much he raced it. His his ninety hours on that motorcycle was like two hundred fifty hours of me riding it because you know he's racing it and and riding it hard and pulling whole shots like crazy. There's videos that I... There's a couple videos of them pulling these big old hole shots against other pro riders on this basically stock motorcycle. So it's a, they're, they're really good bikes. And, and I, I think that, that that, 1% of durability, does it make a difference? If you're hard on equipment, you're not a good mechanic. It doesn't matter what you're on. You're going to trash stuff. If you're that kind of person and you've had bad luck with, with a certain brand, try another brand and see if it changes. Like try a brand that's known to be better and see if it changes and then decide whether it's you or the brand. You know, before you kind of make these kind of judgment calls, but we try to treat everything the same. The only thing got, the other thing that pissed me off is he let Kawasaki have that bike back after we did a comparison, a big comparison with it, and they threw a top end in it. Hmm. I mean, they just, I mean, they have parts, they can do it. They want to make sure it's fresh and bitching for us, and and I wish he would have run it the whole. 100 hours and then and then I like to take the bike apart and really look at it and see how things are holding up does it need a piston at this point and usually when we do that we get all the parts and we rebuild it and give them back a nicely rebuilt bike but you can see you know what's wearing and what's not but I suspect they're they're good for you know 200 300 hours at, at a competition bike before you even have to start I mean yeah you're going to put some clutches in it cuz that's just the nature of the beast and but I don't think you need to be doing valve jobs and top ends that regularly
0: Okay, you ready for another? Okay. Okay, Isaiah Woodbury 5205. Weird how they say it feels lighter when it actually gained five pounds. I that's, think about a WR. No, no That's actually
1: the KX four fifty that's the okay. new KX four fifty. And uh you know why we said that? Because it's true. This is why this is why you're watching our videos, and it's not weird that we said that and, and it's not strange. This has happened a lot of times. Bikes gain weight, but they learn some stuff about the handling that, that allows the bike to handle more nimble, feel lighter. Like the scale weight is one thing, but how the bike feels is another um until you're kind of crashing or having to pick it up off the ground, the scale weight is kind of doesn't make a whole lot of difference to me. I like to ride the bike and then weigh it before i I know a lot of people ask what it weighs, and they all oh, five pounds heavier and then they say, "Oh, it's five pounds heavier." Well, how does it ride because that k x four fifty feels like it lost ten, not gained five. I think I gave it another number the day after I rode it, but the reason I said that on camera was so I didn't have to remember it anymore. Kind of like this whole show. like to forget it when I'm done. You're doing great, man. You know what the Good best job. part of the show is? What's that? When it's over. You're, you're, you're having fun. Yeah, I can tell you're having no, fun. No, I enjoy it. Hey, we got Rooster Endo coming up, so everybody's going to sleep. There's still 68 people, like literally somehow live watching this. How many people are out there for Rooster Endo, by the way? And I'm not going to get to the rest of the things. Uh, Uh, Stu Peters was not the owner of Carlsbad, by the way. It was Griswold, Grismer, Grismer, something like that, Uh, Mark Daniels. So, okay, next question.
0: Uh, Let's see. Um, Okay, this is from Bugs7425. How does the bike compare to the FE501 or 500 EXC for dual sport riding? Is the
1: five-gear ratio the same as the six-gear on the Husky KTM? So he's asking about the Yamaha WR 450 Yamaha has the best five-speed gearbox in the business. Okay, would it be better as a six-speed? That's debatable, but I say yes. Um, but it is, and, I, and I'm not saying this because Yamaha is a sponsor. I'm saying this because it's true. They spend a lot of time working on those gear ratios, and it's it's really really good. I think it's a little bit lower than the sixth gear in the bikes you referred to, the Husky and the KTM. It's a it's a tad bit lower, but I mean, if you're if you're kind of doing like. Baja stuff. I think the first gear in the Yamaha is better than the uh, the KTM and the and the the Husky for for ninety nine percent of the stuff. But if you need a really low first gear or a really tall uh, sixth gear, the 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 you know the 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 Austrian platforms have that. Uh, but I just don't think that the gaps are as good as the as the Yamaha. So
0: okay, this is uh, two. Yep, Tenere. This is two wheels are better than four. Could you share the suspension settings that Yamaha set you up with?
1: So he's asked. We just did a, a brand-new Tenere intro. Uh, Yamaha did not change that bike. And there's going to be another question about this in a second uh, that comes up that confuses me. But Yamaha didn't change that bike, so the settings that that I put up there and my Tenere vlog, I've done a kind of a vlog on my Tenere, although I've been absent from doing that because um, – uh, haven't been riding it that much. I've been riding other bikes because I'm testing them, but I, I did a thing on the stock suspension, like this, the ideal settings that I came up with. And so that's the, I, I, all they Scott said, all they did was the, the, they, the suspension settings were stock and all they did was adjust the ride height for the, for the media ride. They just, he said they just didn't have time to stop and play around with it which meant he was too busy getting photos. But you got some pretty good photos. Next one. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, this is Ginger Bolam. Flashing this bike really brings out the power. If you want to unleash the beast, literally, is like riding a whole new bike after it gets flashed, but that goes for pretty much
1: all Yamahas. I disagree because uh, I have a Tenere and I had it flashed, and I'm actually not really that uh, impressed with it. Um, I, I need to do more because I bought like whatever the company that did it, I bought unlimited reflashes from them and I just haven't had time to communicate back. But I, I will tell you, I am still running the stock exhaust with the cat in it. And if you want to unleash the beast, uh, typically you take the cat out and you put a freer flowing, which usually means louder, which I don't like, uh, exhaust on the bike. And then most of the time when you unleash the beast, uh, you lose Drivability, which I respect, I respect the traction and stuff. And so, what's his name? Uh, ginger. Bolam. Ginger. So Ginger. So the next time that your throttle is like, um, you know, when your throttle is like you're pulling on it and it won't open anymore. Do you know that feeling?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The, it, uh, when you're given you, you, it all. Yeah, you're on your Tenere. You know, just Tenere or any any bike. Oh, your KTM 790, 890, right? Yeah. You, you know that you know the time when you're on it and you're on the, and, you're hold, and you're holding it wide open, and you you wish it would go farther. Do you know uh, I don't.
0: I don't really. That doesn't happen to me very much.
1: It doesn't. No, I'm not a so, better. I'm not. Does that, that happen my, to other
0: people? Well,
1: I. Uh, some people say I'm a really good rider, and on my tenor, eight, I don't have that experience that much because if I want to unleash the beast, I usually go from where I'm at the throttle and I just turn it a little bit farther, and it unleashes the beast. Right. Yeah. I'll, almost, i almost. There's. You're always, rarely maxed on throttle. And usually, yeah, usually if I ever get to that point where the throttle is like, you know, I'm stretching the cables, as I like say, like to say, I'm stretching the cables, then I let the revs go up and then it goes even more. Then the more beast comes out. But uh, the flashing thing, I did it mostly for some some drivability issues that I had. It was kind of emissions, sort of emissions related, uh, where, where I was kind of feeling that the bike would, if I did a couple quick blips of throttle to kind of adjust the attitude of the bike it seemed like the bike said no i'm not going to put that much fuel into the motor right now and we're trying to adjust that but that's not unleashing the beast and but this is what i'm trying to work on and there's guys somebody's going to send me some tools that i can work with also Um, uh, but uh so e- yeah there's a lot of ways to unleash the beast but make sure that's what you want to do because the beast might come back to bite you
0: nice <laughs> yeah that's a good, that's a good soundbite right there. Yeah, the beast. Uh, uh, Watch out for the, be, be careful what you wish hey, for.
1: remember when I had a kid that used to like take the, oh, I'm talking to the computer right now. Remember when I used to have a kid that used to take the nuggets out of this show and put them and make little nuggets and put them on the Instagrams and the YouTubes and stuff to get us more views? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy should have pulled that nugget right, right there. Right, that
0: would have been, a, that's a, a clippable moment, as they Clip, call it. They right call clipable. clippable? We clippable call, moment. Call nuggets. Yeah, nugget. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Uh, okay, this we're, is.
1: We're gonna get to Rooster Endo. You 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 don't have to go anyplace, do you?
0: No, I, okay. just back to my trailer in your backyard.
1: Okay, got it. Just checking. <laughs> the, uh, the the Rooster Endo segment gets fun. Okay. Yeah, I'm having reading, a good time. I know the fun. I know the reading the question. I
0: don't understand half of this stuff, but I'm having fun.
1: You you I the the side effect of watching and paying attention to the shows, you actually may learn something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see where are we at here. Oh, this is from YouTube account nine zero five eight youtube account what an interesting name
1: Uh, it's a it's it's an ai oh i don't want to go into ai right now yeah
0: well (laughs) nine nine thousand fifty seven people used it before this person so uh it seems like most of this is about the bike being too rigid and twitchy honestly if you rode the stock 23 next to a previous model would you not prefer the
1: older one so he's talking about the ktms um Let's see, unless you're a former Supercross champion that's complaining about his bike because you're not performing as much as you should, or you are a very influential influencer, in other words, another magazine editor that kind of is going down that trail because that seems like what it's supposed to do. Um, I don't know. I haven't ridden those bikes. I have not personally ridden them. Trevor has, and he actually kind of thought they were a little bit. He thought they were soft, and then I'm like, "Are you sure?" And because he comes from a more racing background, and and so it's it's interesting how pe- it's the same thing. It's how people perceive this kind of stuff. Uh, it, I can't comment on it specifically, but it just seems like that's the direction that the uh, the uh, influencers have taken. They've said that the chassis is stiff, and I don't know. That it's, I, I did ride, I, okay, I did ride a couple of them, and I didn't find that to be the case, like, right away. It didn't stand out, and usually that, the stiff chassis usually stands out to me right away, and it didn't come through in that, but that's where the chatter is at. So I don't think so.
0: Okay, this next one uh, is from- Cove 450. Oh, this is the Code 450. Okay, Shlomo, Shlomo Goldberg USA. So can we say this bike is pretty good?
1: You, you know what? slow You can say whatever you want. I do. Nice. I said, the, I said the Cove was pretty good in That's, our video. That was another
0: clippable moment right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll get my guy right on it. He's got it. The, the guy has to ship all these T-shirts out pretty soon. It's going to be taxing. The guy may get fired from the HR department, too, when the HR department reviews what I said earlier, uh-huh. especially when I left the mics hot during the commercials. I know you don't watch the commercials, but if you listen to the commercials, this is subliminal advertising, uh, you might hear something better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, you should leave that. You should leave a hot mic all the time. Hot mic, and people, and the people like, "What's he going to say in the commercial?" Yeah. And I'm like, I'll, "Actually, I'm going to go. I'm going to use that as my selling point when I go back." Because right now is negotiating time with all my uh, my partners. I'm getting dropped like flies, but it's okay. I'll get somebody else. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. We're, um, this is Mike Kmet. Um, KMET KMET was a K-Met. huge rock station uh, in the Los Angeles area in the seventies. Uh, it was it was the it was the king of rock back when people listened to K-Los radio. KLOS ninety five point yeah. five and KMET ninety four point seven. They were the competing rock stations, and Mike knows this. Whoa, oh okay, you know Mike? Uh, he's a, he's a regular on the show. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Because I wondered about his name, and I'm like, that has to be ah. That's okay. It was it was like. Remember when there was, a certain, there was a certain age when there was everybody had a certain bumper sticker? Yeah. Like you either listened to KLOS oh, yeah. or you listened to KMET. And that meant something. And, and it meant something. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like a real recognizable logo if you're from the Los Angeles area. Got it. Nice. All right. Well, he says, um, Triumph
0: MX should have brought Willie into the team if they could have. Epic show. Never knew Willie's depth in the industry. Moto genius. Well done on mention of Rick. He changed moto journalism single-handed. Before Hunky, it was Cycle Guide, Popular Cycling, Cycle World, good mags, but so straight laced. Super Hunky was us and funny
1: ass hell. Funny, funny ass as hell. hell. Yeah. <laughs> good memories of Jody W. writing too. Yeah. So this guy has a long history in, in, uh, he's dating himself by saying all that stuff. And the only reason I know a lot of those magazines that he talked about, the popular cycling and stuff like that, is because I worked at Cycle World and I was almost, um, because I was around so much history that 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 publishing group that it was a Hachette um, owned it and it was it was something that uh, Joe Parkhurst, who's the, the original publisher of those magazines, they had such a foundation in the history. I got to learn a lot of it because I'm really not as um, I wasn't as involved in the history that I know about, but I got to be around the the old dudes like I am now. Like I got to be around like when I was when I was twenty, I got to be around like fifty year old dudes like me, that would teach me something, and I appreciate it now more than ever. Back then, I was just like, yeah, old diet guy, what, uh, you know, whatever. But now, I now I, I realized who these guys were. I was standing next to these are the guys that rode the first Baja one thousands. Uh, these were guys that tried to spe- set land speed records and 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 motorcycle distance um, things, not pre iron, but but around courses and stuff, and just. Uh, it was such an interesting group of stuff. But I was also very influenced. I, I had personal experience with, with um, Rick Simon, who passed away, unfortunately. He's, there's a book underneath if you want to hold up that book. Uh, so uh, um, this is the Monkey Butt. And so if you want to know about the history of dirt bike and motorcycle journalism, this is it. And I've threatened many times, and I still claim I'm, I really am going to do it. I'm going to ride Monkey Butt 2. I'm going to write Monkey Butt 2. Because, like, when Rick stopped, uh, it's, oh, look at the size of the print in there. So you can read it when you're old. <laughs> that's the great yellow dirt bike truck. Amazing. Uh, um, when Rick stopped is when I started. Like, literally, that's, and, and I can talk about the death of motorcycle journalism, which will be monkey butt, too. But anyhow, um, I got. I've been around all these people. But the, his statement there is triumph. MX should have brought Willie into the. Willie hasn't been riding for I think he said eight years or something. I threatened to go trail riding with Willie. I want to get him back out to to because it was an awesome show. Uh, he was he was a competing magazine test rider. So at that day, like when I'm riding that ATK, he probably worked at ATK. Probably assembled that motorcycle, and he was also there for motocross action, trying to shoot a very similar photo on the, on the, the, another test bike. Um, but that's what we, so we used to kind of do the same things. And then we'd race against each other on the weekend <laughs> and we came from different kind of types of racing, but we, at the local races, we had always kind of compete and uh pretty cool, but yeah, good show. Uh, if we you, you missed it, it, we, we messed up a little bit, but, uh, you can listen to it in podcast form because who wants to watch us for two hours? All right, this is the last one in the stack here. Okay, well, then we All got right. Roosterendo.
0: Tony Worth 218, uh, Enjoying the Redo. Back in 1994, I rode a Buddy's 1993 CR250, bought a 1995 as soon as they were out, and it was one of those bikes that really sucked. <laughs> nice. MXA was the only magazine that called a turd a turd. Okay. Uh, it was a good bike after a complete race tech upgrade on both ends.
1: Um, yeah, I... It's funny because I'm trying to... So that was that was a little bit before I was riding the big... What do you say? 93? 93, 95. Those 95. are the pink ones. Oh, I was riding those bikes. Uh, 93 was good. You you should talk to Jeremy McGrath. <laughs> he was winning Supercross champions in those things. And he... he you know anyway, I don't know. Hey, it's the ass in the seat and the hand of the throttle that makes all the difference, right? Uh, you know how they how they work for you so um good oh you th- if you thought reading the questions was hard oh boy uh, you know what we're going to do we're going to take a quick commercial break uh, we're going to go ahead and do that we one we going to turn the mics here. off
0: this time or say some weird shit
1: i don't know you're going to have to you're going to have to listen and find out what we actually do but we're going to take a a quick little break and we'll be back with a roost or endo
2: the defending champion
1: you think they're listening the all to us? New yamaha <laughs> i think they're off for sure <laughs>
2: what's up moto buddies mike here from taco moto co what is the taco touch it's the best service in the industry virtually 24 7 tech support via email or text and it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you if you've ever received an order from us you know that the taco touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto co-branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced and knows meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure.
1: back thanks to all of our sponsors like i say support those that support this sport and this show specifically um this is everybody's favorite segment it's called roost or endo you know what that Whoa. sound is yes yeah, from this from a song yeah a 90 song. okay we are rooster endoing it here pushing buttons like we're going out of style i'm with pete Day from mosca moto um Follow Pete on the Instagrams, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. We've had
1: a couple of our people in the um, in the chat say they very much enjoy following your Instagram. What is it?
0: Well, we got two Instagrams. We got the company that's at Moscow Moto, and then you can follow me personally. I'm at Moscow Pete, and it's okay. different. You know, follow the company, follow me. We post so different is, stuff. Is is one
1: less professional than the other?
0: Uh, yeah. You know, one's, <laughs> some people like to follow a person, some people like to follow a company, some follow both. Got yeah, the, com- the 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 stuff I post on my personal Insta, that's all my stuff. My trips I'm on or gear I'm testing or whatever. Right. And then, of course, Moscow's got lots of other content, too.
1: Yeah, that's like my personal Instagram is definitely not my school's Instagram I or, see. or dirt bike test. They kind of yeah. make, like like the school's kind of kept in high regard Yeah. dirt bike test. We have fun with it, but there's a lot of cool dirt bike stuff. And then Jimmy Lewis is just a shit show.
0: Yeah, I know. I don't do anything raunchy <laughs> on my Instagram. You got to follow me on OnlyFans if you want to see my raunchy stuff. My news. Oh, you don't. Do
1: you, uh, I'm not do gonna tell you my OnlyFans idea. You'll steal it, <laughs> steal it. Dude, we had this meeting at Tour Tech, and I mean, just with the staff after like 17 beers, the high alcohol ones. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We.
0: You I, got a plan? I, well, I had, an
1: OnlyFans, a, I had an OnlyFans idea, and they made it even better. All right, so, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> oh yeah, I I I want to stay married. So, that you want me? You need me to steal that idea. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Well, it's not going to really get me in trouble, but it just, it could. Yeah. It, I mean, I wouldn't do anything that would technically get me in trouble, but just the perception would be really bad. So, uh, back to the show. Okay. Okay. So, welcome to Rooster Endo, everybody. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to get a theme song and all that stuff for it. But so, what we do, Rooster Endo, is you send us a picture of your bike. You tell us what you did to your bike in whatever way you want to. And then, basically, we tell you whether your bike roosts or endos, and we try to learn something from this. So who's our first contestant? All
0: right, Michael Cox is first. He's got a 2016 Husky TE300.
1: Okay, there's his photo up on the thing, and you're going to start listing off All right, off I'm going to go
0: through this. Uh, we got Flex Bars. Sponsor? Midwest. Yep, nice. <laughs> See, I told we you.
1: Yep. They're, they're going to they're gonna go right down Sponsor Smart. Avenue. Smart. Game
0: the system. Yeah, game. Good job, Michael. Got it. Midwest Mountain Engineering Easy Pull Clutch. OD Rogue Grips, Cycro Pro Bend Wrap Around Hand Guards, Cyclops Trail Boss Pro Headlight, powered by Trail Tech High Output Stator. Yes. Bulletproof Designs Radiator Guards. We talked about those. Yes. Tusk Oversized Foot Pegs, Electron Power Jet Carb, FMF Gnarly Pipe, FMF Turbine Core 2.1 Muffler, Bridgestone M59 Front with Tube. Okay. It's got a Tube. Kenda. Equilibrium with tubeless in the rear, tubeless on the back tube, on the front. Yep. Rear discard, 500 plus hours, still running strong.
1: Right. Um, so there's his bike in a very beautiful forest. He's yeah, got Michaels. the headlight on. I like uh, this. Scenery. I wonder. You see how the, the lights coming through the trees there and stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's two stroke smoke? That's like um, oh, caused funny. that lighting I thing. Caused
0: that? I don't know. But if mm-hmm. so, that's very artful. Yeah. Very artful, Michael.
1: It is a. It is a a nice photo. I mean, I want to ride that trail. That looks like an awesome trail. I
0: agree, it's beautiful. Would
1: you hop the log that's on the side?
0: Uh, on someone else's bike, sure.
1: <laughs> on on my <Michael's laughs> bike. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I am do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm liking the bike. But
0: somebody's cleared the trail. They've cut the logs. I like that. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Somebody's already been through there in the spring.
1: Yep. Uh, those look like they were cut a long time ago. But good, good job. I don't, I don't really have it. Usually, I can, I can find some bad things. And I'm not finding, I mean, he, he worked with the backlight a little hard to see the bike exactly, but I'm happy with, uh, it just look at the dampness of the, it's might be a little slippery and that's why he's running the low pressure and the, you know, he's got his things, but, uh, um, yeah, good, good, uh, goodbye. I'm going to, I'm going to go, it's strange. I'm going to start off on a positive note. I'm going to start off with a, uh, a roost. What, what do you, do you say it roost?
0: I'm I'm going, I, I I don't want to give anybody an endo on their bike. I, I'm too nice. And oh, I, oh, oh, whoa, I, I like whoa, whoa, this whoa. guy because he's got a, it, it's, he's got a trail. I actually have a, ha, at the moment have a tubeless. Oh, I just switched from the tubeless, but I had a tubeless rear tube front too. So I feel like we're kindred spirits. Okay. I had that for a while. Got it. I love that low, low pressure
1: on the so, back. So, so you're going to, you're going to go roost also. Yeah. Hey, 500 if, if, hours going. I, I just like the I like his vibe. If you're that nice, I'm going to put a pause on the show and I'm going to go down the street and drive around till I find somebody I can, I can. Pick up and bring them in here, and I'll tell them, "Hey, for a couple." You need
0: somebody who does endos.
1: A couple uh, old English eight hundreds. Uh yeah. You start capping on these bikes. Yeah. Okay. You want me to go?
0: Uh, okay. If I see <laughs> one I really don't like, I'll say it. But
1: okay, uh, Michael Roost.
0: Wow, good job, Michael. Way to start. Okay, who's we do? We have a
1: name on this. Uh, it's probably on the top of the other page. I can compare it to the photos that we have. I Uh-oh. think it's. I think it's. It's Alex. Is that it? Nope, it's not that one. Uh is it this one? Nope, it's not that one. It's this one? Nope, not that one. It's of course Wait. it's the last. Oh. Chris K. No. He better be in there. That's not go, it. Go back
0: through him again real quick.
1: That's not it. That's not it. That's No, that's the one we just did. That's that's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yep. There we go. Okay, you ready? David uh, so Fond. Who is this? David
0: Fond. Okay, David Fond's got a 2018 KTM 300W, 968 hours, 18,345 miles. Wait, what bike is it?
1: It's a 300. It's a 300. So this is the second 2-stroke past 500 hours you know that they night way past yeah and nobody knew this like everybody started complaining about ktm putting the clay pistons in them a couple years ago but they've been doing this for many years i mean they haven't changed the piston so obviously that clay piston can you know run a long time
0: uh bought <laughs> the bike as a 250 new oh but it was started as a 250 three top ends it's getting bigger three top ends and one bottom 300 jug moose in front and rear Seat Concepts Tall Comfort Seat. We like that, I'm tall, I like comfort. FMF yep. Gnarly, FMF 2.1. How do you say this again? A Cherbis, a Serbis, a Cherby? A Cherby's. A A Chair a- a-
1: B's. A Chair B's, thank you. A Thank a- you for, I'm probably not the only one out there. Who says no, me. no, no, I have a shirt that has a chair. It has A and a chair, chair and some and B's. B's on it. Yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah. Uh, 3.1 Tank, SXS handguards. KTM Fan, uh steel ms 194 oh he's got a chainsaw oh he's got a chainsaw on there i Look didn't that. see that, oh, you in the didn't
1: see that? A, that's the selling point this, in this guy's a life. badass
0: uh, yeah. this is he's already like and he's he's clearing trails f- for us of course how could we could never endo a bike for a guy that's clearing trails man. well
1: you you just wait
0: orvis seven piece he's got a fly rod he's got an orvis seven piece 5 weight fly rod i really enjoy yep. finding lakes and small streams in the colorado high country and fish using my 300 for access Dude, roost for sure. I'm the president of CBTRA in the Roaring Fork Valley and really dig your podcast. Keep up the good work and the salty attitude. Right. Uh,
1: thank you. See, he, he see he's, he's poking the bear. He might. He's trying to get an endo out of me.
0: You think he's just playing to your ego here and he's well, just trying to get... some people try it to works. do that. Sometimes it, works. it
1: works. I just zoomed in on that chainsaw. He's got the still... It looks like MS-182 and I know a lot about chainsaws because I used to be in the firewood biz and I do a little bit of trail cutting. So is that a good side. one? That's a, good, that's a good one if you're going to carry a little... We, we started carrying electric ones and batteries, and just because they're so quick and easy. If you're going to do a lot of work, you do go back to gas. If you're going to do some big trail clearing, but...
0: Dude, this guy's put in a 1,000 hours on this bike. He's out there carrying a chainsaw around so some other people don't have to, clearing trails, catching fish. Yep. He's, he's literally out there like foraging do you, do you, and fishing and hunting and you, gathering food. Is,
1: is he a Moscow moto-wearing kind of guy?
0: I, I would like to think or, so. And if you, not, let's get, let's talk. Let's talk, uh, yeah. David. We got to get you in some Moscow gear.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'd i say he's probably wearing Climb right now, but you might be able to talk him out of it.
0: That's all right. We like Climb too. <laughs> We're all, can't we all be brothers? Yeah,
1: we can all try to be friends. You can wear stuff out and try the next, you know, act, just like you like to switch bikes every time. It's like, I want to try different, you yeah. can try different gear. Companies. Try something cool. new, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going with a full roost for A, longevity, B, the only thing I don't like about it is he's still on a carb bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, dude. Well, he, you deserve. You, did he say Trail Tech fan?
0: By the way, let's be clear. I'm not. I'm not buying this bike. <laughs> I, the, this bike has been ridden
1: like a motherfucker. Well, I, he's got his money out of it, and he'll yeah. probably sell it cheap to some other guy. You know, when you're out working on the trails, and there's always a guy with a super clapped out bike that that is there with you. Like you should, uh, you should sell the bike to him cheap and just move on. Get go fuel injected.
0: Yeah, so that that it's done a thousand hours trail clearing and catching fish. Right, eighteen thousand miles. Good man. I, I'm
1: I'm going I'm going with Roost. Roost also. for sure. Yep. Did he say Trail Tech uh, fan? Oh, uh, KTM fan. KTM fan. Okay, because it has the I can see the little Trail Tech, uh, the temperature gauge down there on the uh, radiator. And sometimes when you're cutting those trails, they, those bikes get hot. So. Okay, next up. Next up, we got Alex Vaudrain.
0: Pick of my 2019. You going to pull this up?
1: Hey, Aaron Jones says, I love my Reckless 80. Awesome products, Pete. Right on. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for the support. So what's our guy here? Aaron Jones?
0: Uh, Alex Vaudrain. Alex
1: Vaudrain. Got him right here.
0: Yep. Okay, here we go. Okay, we got a 19 CRF 450L for Taco Tuesday. Bought the bike in September, was 600 miles, just clicked over 2,000 miles of New England trails. Pick was taken on the Hot Chog. Do,
1: do, do you know how long Endura it takes Loop? to get to get 2,000 miles in New England on trails?
0: <laughs> That's all the trails in New That's England twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good on you. Good point. Uh, Enduro Loop in Connecticut. Uh, yeah. The mods are Flex Bars, Taco Moto, Get ECU. Nice, Taco Moto reference there. Good yep. job there, Alex. Q4 Dunlop rubbers, radiator guards, Seat Concepts seat. They used to be a sponsor, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm still I'm still good with them. Like I said, I'm I'm hoping they'll come back. I got Seat Concepts on my bikes, yeah. Yeah, there's a Seat Concepts comfort seat right behind you that I used to hold up and like, you know, show, but they probably paid they probably paid for that. <laughs> so we're good.
0: They're back ordered
1: 4 months, so yeah, uh, I, 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 was, I was loving my seat, concept seat on my WR 450 when I was doing these really steep trails the other day. It has ribs in it. It was just holding my ass on that seat when I was trying to. climb. Do you like those ribs? That's it. Do you like the ribs on the seats for for extreme enduro stuff? Yeah. For for stuff when I don't want to have to hang on as tight. Yeah. I want you know I want that to grip me absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. But comfort wise, yeah, marginal.
0: I can't like yeah. for t- if if you know because they make a seat that has some of those for touring, but it's like it can, like they're, they're
1: comfort bumps or, yeah, of, re- yeah, yeah
0: I don't know what they but they're they're they really like for a long if you're spending much time sitting they get real uncomfortable every, it,
1: it like everybody has a different thing I've seen people that lay lay those beads on top of their seats yeah I've seen people that put um uh fur like the, these furry yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. so it, it's it, every everybody's ass is a little bit different
0: <laughs> I actually cut those things off in the middle of the trip once <laughs> and, and just uh, got a new seat when I got back um Oh, and of course, double take mirrors.
1: Double take mirrors, of good. Yep. So, yeah, like, he's we love got double take. He's actually got the uh, the more stylish adventure ones, as opposed to the, the the round ones. Double take makes a couple different. types. Hey, if you want a discount on double take, uh, email me. I can uh, probably hook you up. So so there's the the giveaway. That's that's how we're going to get more viewers by giving away. Uh, I same thing. I kind of want to go riding here. Like the trees just. Felt looks like a little bit wet. And right now we're in such a dust hell zone right here. Like wet, everything that's wet makes me want to ride. <laughs> it makes me wet when I see how wet it is. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go roost also for a Honda 450L too.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: Well, wait, you're
0: gonna. I I I got. Here's you, I, you got an issue. Well, I just I, I'm not the biggest fan of the 450L. You know, it, the was that the first year that they.
1: I think Did so. It? Yeah, nineteen sounds about right. Because we went to the intro during COVID. It was gnarly. Yeah, like it was like the intro was like like they tested us and and it was it was just I mean I remember the flight was just a pain in the eye or it was right before it got no, I don't remember it was gnarly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I could go either way on this one. Let's go. Yeah. I'll go ambivalent, but I I like ambivalent. The t-
1: no, the, the ambivalent is it's roost or endo. Roost or endo. Rooster. Well, it, it was for a while. It's roost endo or for sale.
0: Oh yeah, I, because I,
1: some people just their bike was for sale and they just clipped the ad and sent it to us.
0: The thing is, I like this. I like Alex. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, okay. I like I like this. I like the fall leaves. I like the two thousand miles of trails on the east coast. I like the Takamoto and the double take. You know what I'm but saying? You don't like the Honda? Ah, just yeah, it's just not my favorite bike. But I got my business partner ride one, rides one. Uh-huh. You know, like they're around. Like Maybe I got you don't friends like that him. have him.
1: Who your business partner? No, no, he's the best. <laughs> just <You> kidding me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you kidding me? But I've ridden him and I just like I get back on my KTM and I'm like, oh, yeah.
1: Sweet. Right. People have different, different opinions. Okay, yeah. so you're going you're to go. I would
0: either go uh, light endo or light roost on that. Oh, you, you, know can, I mean?
1: bo- you can do both of those. So, yeah. But you have
0: to pick one. I have to pick one. All right, we'll do. I'm a nice guy, so we're going to go light roost. Light roost. Okay, yep. sounds good. Yep.
1: Next on the schedule.
0: Okay, Chris K has got a 2015 Yamaha WR250F uh, modifications, GYTR computer retuner. Recluse Radius X3 Auto Clutch, FMF exhaust, Cycra hand guards, G2 aluminum throttle tube, Bi LED headlight, seat concept seat, tubeless rear, tube front, golden tires front and rear.
1: Bi LED headlight. Is that a company or is that that double?
0: I can't tell. Bi LED. I I don't know. I'm going to try to zoom
1: in on it just a little
0: bit to see, but yeah, Yeah, keep going. I don't know the answer to that. Golden tires front and rear uh did 520 vx3 x-ring chain Rico enduro street legal kit sick ass start stop switch tusk rear brake rotor ebc pads pro taper grips moose racing rear tugger strap oh that's the little handles right small yeah. handlebar bag doesn't say who makes the bag Yep. Yeah. We got a bag maker on the show <laughs> would spend cash on radiator guards i'm a 47 year old brand new rider and fall a lot so far uh, so far, I've been lucky not to bash my radiators. Hoping to come down and do a riding school next year. All right,
1: that's okay, a good, good closing. Good, good. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm looking at the light. It looks. It looks kind of stock. But he said, he said, what do you, buy?
0: He must mean just LED. the the, the oh, bulb. Maybe,
1: maybe he put a bulb in. He must it. Yeah, put okay. a bulb. Yep. Yeah. Understood. Um, i like he's a brand new rider he falls a lot well i don't know if you know but Yamaha's big sponsor of the show yeah uh, big 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 we like the blue crew uh, hopefully they're gonna stick with us you just never know i mean the, the the rate we're going we're gonna have no sponsors by the end of this season uh <laughs> but uh, we have to do everything possible to make and he said new rider and i really like New riders, they're forty-seven, it's, brand new rider. Yeah, it brings to the business. He he's got a good bike. He he could he could answer the question. Remember, the guy was like he was going to get the Honda. Like, look at this guy got a Yamaha. He's super stoked on it. Now he's looking for radiator guards, which means he's probably doing some gnarly riding soon. You picked going, a good
0: bike to start with. I'm there. going.
1: I'm going with Roost. I'll I'll Roost that. Roost. Okay, you're roosting. You're right on on, on par. You signed the contract about all the you know got to be nice to our sponsors and stuff.
0: Yeah, it and would have been nice a if a it would have said
1: Moscow Moto. Handlebar bag, handlebar
0: bag. Yeah, yeah. it's probably <laughs> not though. We just started doing handlebar bags recently, so it's probably someone else. But yeah. we need to know. I don't like where he's
1: riding though. It looks too flat. Chris, it looks. You could probably go down in a canyon there someplace, and there's probably a canyon. Down yeah, where's down there he located? It, it to doesn't. It. We we don't, a, we don't we don't we. Oh, and if somebody says where they're riding, we try to keep it eh, a little bit out of there. I, I'm not big on sharing locations. But it looks like yeah. I bet you there's some fun terrain or in the back in the hills down there. So, how yeah, good is that oh. um oh that's the other thing I can amazingly do is pick it out that is uh, Utah or Northern Nevada huh. like up it's either up near kind of near Reno um, yeah I was gonna say maybe southeastern Oregon yeah okay yeah there we go there's yeah. kind of the same sort of or it's someplace out in out in Utah but who knows He'll, he might chime in you yeah. know you know what never hurts is when the person is in the uh, chat so if you're in the chat and it's one of these one of your bikes uh Go ahead. Hey, Pete says easy to, When are we going to work with Tyson and Callie? Again? Oh,
0: I would love to. Those guys are awesome. Yeah, we don't. There's nothing in the plans, but uh, I I still see them pop up on YouTube sometimes in my those uh, videos they did, and I love them. They did a great job. Yeah, I would be happy to work with those guys again for sure.
1: Cool. Uh, next, next. Contestant. All right. This is
0: Andy Duffus. Got it. Uh, 2018. Cool picture. Got some rocky terrain there.
1: He's he's going, he's going gnarlier.
0: Yeah, he's gnarlier. having some fun for sure. 2018 XCWs, sort of. After owning 250 and 300cc XCWs and XCs, I decided what I really wanted was a 250 XC motor and transmission in an XCW chassis. The bike I had at the time was a 2018 300 XCW with Kraft RC suspension on both ends. It was February 21, and the world was still spinning slowly. <laughs> I found a low hour 63 that he means 63 hours, 2018 250 XC on Marketplace, a couple hours away, so I snapped it up. After riding it for about 10 hours, I was in love with the motor tranny. He was in love with the tranny. Combo, but not the <laughs> chassis. I started making measurements on motor mounts and cases and looking at part numbers. Turns out the motors were a direct swap fit. The other parts that I swapped were the air boot and CDI. I sold the XC chassis with the 300 XCW motor in it and pocketed the extra $300. $300.
1: Okay, he's the guy you got to watch out for sometimes on the thing. Did 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 the did the current owner uh uh Andy, Andy. did did the, did the owner of the new bike know that he got a mismatched uh frame and engine? Just I, curious. Yeah, just curious. But go, okay. you're asking Andy, right? Yeah, asking yeah, maybe Andy. Maybe if he's
0: in, the, maybe there is that him.
1: Uh Andy, hey now, yeah, there he is. Andy, what's up, Andy? We <laughs> got a question for you. Yeah, how, how did that? How is was the owner aware of the motor swap? Just curious, but keep going.
0: Okay, where were we on this here? Oh, uh, it's pocketed a, it's the extra three hundred dollars. Yeah.
1: Pocketed three hundred bucks out of the deal, but good, good, good on you.
0: Okay, now to the build list. I'll skip the iterations that led to the final build. We're, we might skip the whole thing. Learning along was <laughs> part of the fun. All this effort just to have a KTM change the new XCW to a transmission close to what I put together. Something about great minds.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. It's, it, it, here's I the think list. there's a whole second page of, of mods. You might get. Oh shit. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I said when I saw it. But um, do you want me, how do you want me to? Handle let me this? let me let me look at it real quick and see if there's any. I'll I'll bounce to this thing. Kreft RC suspension. By the way, uh, it is true that Kraft, uh, uh closed their doors which was interesting. Um, Not really 100% sure why, but um, yeah, they were, uh, because they they did some really good work. They had some neat stuff, but a couple of my friends in the suspension business uh, were also curious. They were asking if I knew much about it, and I really really don't. But uh, let's see, triple clamps, like, uh, tall bars, Midwest Mountain brake levers. Either love them or hate them. It's funny. He says this: Midwest Mountain brake and clutch levers. You either love them or hate them. I love them. I hate them hmm. because they're they're really square and they're big. I like little, tiny, thin, round levers. Yeah. And it's it's funny because they they also change the leverage ratio. They make it more like a um, they make it more like a Brembo than a Magura. And I actually used to get along with the Maguras, even though they were heavy poles um i could get the snap i get the snap i wanted and still control it or if you're kind of cantankerous with your lever movements uh and you can handle the shape those are good actually they need to make a different shape they need to keep their their pivot actuation and make a different shape they should hire me to test some shit but uh what other things do we have on this bike lots of lots of stuff on this particular bike uh bulletproof racing radiator guards uh and chain tab protectors. Those are mandatory, especially when you're riding stuff. Uh, uh, DDC was out of stock on the sprocket he wanted. Uh, that happens because the DDCs are the best and everybody buys them. So you have to make sure. A chirby seat, frame guards, and skid plate. Oh, you have that a churby seat? How do you like that? Uh and he's replying, he's actually commenting back on all of our stuff. Yep, he did. <laughs> uh sad craft is gone. Um no discards front or rear. You can have a rear discard, just not a front one. Uh Oh, look at this! Last line. He's a, a a man after my heart. You want to read that, Pete? I yep. just want to make you read
0: that. And no, I, I'm happy to read Moscow this. I'm
1: from Moto is going to read this out loud right now. And
0: always climb Mojave or Dakar riding gear, along with an F5 helmet. The Coro, <laughs> cor- I don't even know how to say that. Coroid helmet. Koroid. Cor- no, that's good. Before I started making gear, I had the Mojave and the Dakar. You wear the Dakar on the chilly days, and you wear the Mojave on the hot days. Right. They're for riding pants. Good right. pants. Yep. Good choices.
1: Um... You're so nice. That's why you can't endo anybody, because you're just a gen- generally a very nice person. Also,
0: I like climb. Climb makes good. Sh- they make good shit, man.
1: <laughs> I'm glad we can agree on that, because yeah. they're the big, big, big sponsor of the show. I-, I was figuring I'd have you on the show, and then tomorrow I get the call. Like, you know, Jimmy, we're just gonna have to. You've been with us for a long time. You know, since day one, really. And... No way they would do that. No way. <laughs> you don't think so? No way. Come on.
0: No way. We're friends with those
1: guys, man. They're Look, I'm, we I'm said gonna, a lot of nice stuff about. I'm gonna, gonna call. I'm gonna call Lucas tomorrow and see if I can get canned. so uh andy 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 i don't know you know the problem is is whatever you sold that bike for i would probably be looking at it and then i would have bought it i might have bought that i might have bought the bike that that uh you put on thing and and i mean a makes a lot of good stuff and i actually like you want to talk about ribs that are not comfortable Mm mm-hmm that seat has them. It's a plastic seat. It's literally and, and you can pump it up with air. What? Yeah, it's an inflatable
0: seat. Oh, I've never seen that or heard about that. Yeah, crazy. yeah. The,
1: the, you want to talk about a love or hate thing? That's it. Yeah. Like and and European riders tend to stand up more. They have a more standing style, at least in the in the motocross and off road stuff. They don't sit down so much. But when they sit down, they want to be hooked up to their bike, and so it looks like a paddle tire for your ass, <laughs> which. Again, is that a clippable moment?
0: That's a clippable moment right there. A paddle yeah. tire. Anything that has the word "paddle" and "ass" in it is clippable.
1: Oh boy, they're hot take words. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical about your business sense and stuff like that. Uh, you don't have fuel injection. I kind of, I kind of poo pooed. I gave somebody the benefit of the doubt on the fuel injection, but I'm gonna, I have to do one end of a show, and I, I, unfortunately, I think you're getting the. To end on this. I, oh, I want to go riding. I want to drop off that ledge right there. That looks like Colorado to me. It looks kind of... It could be Washington, but the sun never comes out there because it's almost it's close to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that, that
0: does look Washington-like
1: or Idaho-like. So, yeah. uh, how do I inflate the seat? <laughs> There's a... You know, you know the thing you use to pump up your basketball? There's a hole in the back and you pump it up with... You, you kind of don't want to have that much pressure in it. And he says personally likes the seat. So everybody likes a paddle on the ass every once in a while' is like what we like to say.
0: I got it. I, I andy, i'll 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 give you a counterpoint to that. I'd like that you've stayed attentive to the show we're hours into it you made a whole bunch of comments yeah put in a whole bunch of details a lot of thought into this i'm giving you a uh you're gonna roost roost. i'll roost him yep so that he doesn't he we don't want to end on
1: a bad i'm gonna cut these ones out and put them on the up on the board actually you can't even see it on the show anymore we used the board used to be a real prominent thing we used to bring it down that's what that little tray is for and we'd actually cut them out and stick them on there while we were talking that was part of what the co-host job was but uh Oh boy! Um, so now the job is to pick the winner of tonight's rooster endo segment. It's do you, Do you have one that you have? A, do you have a favorite? I know it's definitely do. not the, the Honda.
0: Oh, I'm. T- I, it's definitely not. It's it's the guy with the chainsaw and the fishing rod and stuff like that. Man, that's my guy right there for uh, sure. I'm I'm right there with you, except and and a thousand hours we, and eighteen thousand three hundred miles on a three hundred W.
1: Yeah, um, and 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 then we have. Chris K. with the Yamaha. Okay, actually, I'm sorry, but I have to include Andy in this because he's still attentive in the chat. Wait, but you endoed him. Oh, it doesn't matter. You can can, can win win with an endo. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no, no. That's just for... you know The rooster endo is just... Let's talk about. But like it's the one that gives me the most enjoyment. And so there's three reasons for enjoyment here for me, personally. Number one is... uh, And I'm, I'm leaning a little heavy on this. I'm just joking, but serious. Is a... Yamaha, Blue Crew, new rider, experiencing it, out there having fun. He said he needs radiator guards. If this guy were in the chat right now, if, if Chris K were in the chat right now, and when he watches the show back, he'd be pissed that he's not. And he said, I'll use that 100 bucks at Takamoto to buy radiator guards. Full winner. I'd veto anything you said. But I don't see that happening right now. Um, chainsaw. Uh,
0: chainsaw trail clearing trail clearing thousand hours i love this guy I, catching
1: fish i want to go out and work with them I'm, I'm not very good at fishing i don't even eat fish but uh um I'm, i want i i'm liking that that's that, that that's, that's good that's, vibes man that's me that's that's what i like to do you just get out and clear some trails and stuff like that and then andy for sticking it out yeah longevity so so we've gotta we've gotta decide so we're gonna we're gonna kick Chris out because he didn't pop up in the chat. And who was this on this bike? On this,
0: this on was Dave.
1: His name was David, I think. Was, that was, wasn't that or David Fond? I think. Was it, no, D- I think David was the. Was David Fond? We'll check out. The, I can click the picture real quick and see. Yeah, that's David. David. David's not there, but I do appreciate all his work. He doesn't need anything on that bike. That's the other thing. He doesn't need anything, but Andy is gonna buy some cool stuff for this bike and then s- buy another bike, and then swap some parts around and sell it. And hopefully, this. Yeah, they're both going to sell their bike, but I think Andy's going to make the most use of the money. Andy, you're the winner of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday's Rooster Endo segment on this very extended show. Thanks, Pete. for So, Andy, reach out to me. Uh, send, send me back an email, and uh, I'll get you hooked up with Mike at Taco Moto. Mike was wondering where this segment went. He thought I just started forgetting to do it. It's Tacomoto.co. And if you're looking for parts and and some really knowledgeable advice on anything, uh reach out to Tacomoto because they have the stuff. A hundred dollars doesn't go very far anymore, but it gets you started. And uh hopefully you can use that to man, they have some pretty cool graphics kits too. Dude,
0: they're you know Tacomoto, my five hundred was built by Takomoto. I got they they he built that bike up personally, Mike. I'm so stoked on that bike. Right. Yeah, like there is a great company
1: Takamoto, man. Yeah. My he's, bike is set up with their stuff. It's funny cuz we we kind of like I want to say fundamentally disagree in some of the ECU stuff uh because I know how sensitive I'm I'm just super sensitive riding and stuff and 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 but he's he he'll honestly like if you if you start drilling down on him, he'll quit selling you and start giving you information. Yeah. It, he'll he'll realize that, "Oh, you're asking these questions." and that's he, the reason i met him is because he did this white sheet on a ktm 500 and everything on it made sense and i could tell he was trying to sell something but he it didn't prevent him from telling the truth and yep. that's 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 what we try to do here and he's he just an awesome guy yeah great yeah. character makes
0: good videos too
1: yeah works works, yep. works hard at doing the stuff so big fan anyways yeah big fan as well so takomoto.co, andy reach out to me on the emails sweet uh <laughs> he's not selling this one get get a Get a fuel-injected bike, bro. <laughs> or a Yamaha. Either way. <laughs> so, okay. Well, uh, when are you going to Hong Kong $100 gift cards coming? What? Victor? <laughs> For Rooster Hong Kong? I don't know what that means. Hong Kong video card, gift cards coming. I don't know. Well, we've done a good job. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors. Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Klein... DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Bulletproof Designs and Double Take Mirrors, you can support Dirt Bike Test by clicking through on our links, uh, we have an Amazon link if you're buying you know, giant TV sets, water beds, uh, slip and slides and uh, other stuff, uh, those little things that you can use to hack into people's Wi-Fi networks, all the stuff that you buy on Amazon, uh, we get a little slice of that and we're really happy, of course we have a Rocky Mountain MCATV link that you can click through uh keeps the show in business thank you pete day
0: thanks for having me
1: thank you uh i'm so bad with names but frank white for reminding me to reintroduce my guest every once in a while i appreciate it. And i'm gonna call you i am gonna call you frank i will i'll we'll, we'll get in touch and see how things are going so uh awesome times and what we always say at the end of the show is uh we will see you on the trail so cheers and we're gonna turn the mics off this time too see you If you liked what you saw in this video, come check us out over at dirtbiketest.com on the webs. We have bike tests, product tests, a lot of fresh dirt, and you can even support us by clicking through our links. Hopefully we'll see you out in the trail.